0: You're listening to How Yoshi Did it. Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi Why don't you ever
1: Oh be sad
0: Okay, thanks for listening to the new episode of Yoshi I'm back in Frankfurt, Germany, and I'm here with Charlotte. Charlotte, do me a favor. Could you pronounce your last name again?
1: (laughs) It's uh, Stegel. It's like it has an egg in it. That's Stegel.
0: And I I thought that was a German, but... uh, No,
1: um, the word Steg is... It means like a footbridge, but it's not. It's a very British name. Um, So, yeah. And...
0: I found you because I uh, have to come to Frankfurt visit a friend and I typically like to visit expats blog in each cities I'm visiting overseas and yours was most interesting to me because <laughs> of your background. First of all, you're, you write really well, interesting, you put a lot of time and effort in it, Thank
1: you. Um,
0: great pictures but I was really... Um, impressed by your background. You're English but you lived in Japan. Mm-hmm. You learned to speak Japanese and you taught English in Japan as well. Mm-hmm. Now you live in Frankfurt, Germany for your work and um, we don't have to get any detail right now sure. but you you do translation for Nintendo. Great company. Sure. And um, I'm just curious about your travels to Japan, living in Germany and I think you also visit other places as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Um, let's talk about your background. I, you're you're from What's your hometown? Uh, um,
1: it's near to Cambridge. I realised as soon as I went to university outside of uh, the countryside, I realised that nobody knew, you know, the place where I'm from. It's it's, it's the county is called Suffolk. It's the bit of England that looks like a butt.
0: Okay, <laughs> and, and the name of the town is Saint.
1: in Edmunds. It's really really small. Really really small market town.
0: I look it up and it's interesting. I think I'm sure you're a fan of Stephen Fry. Yeah. His grandfather's from there.
1: Oh, really? I he, didn't know that. Yeah, his, huh.
0: his his grandfather immigrated from Czechoslovakia, hmm. and his name was Martin Newman, and uh, he had some factory in your town. And oh. he is the grandfather of Stephen Fry. And for those of you in North America, you don't know who Stephen Fry is. Uh, unbelievable comedian and intellectual, and he has a very funny show called QI, right? Mm-hmm. And um, which stands for Quite Interesting. It's almost like a trivia show.
1: Yeah, it's sort of, um, he gives uh, questions, and if you give the obvious answer, then uh, it's going to be incorrect. He's always trying to uh, challenge what you already think you know. Mm-hmm. And
0: I didn't know anything about the show until mm-hmm. I moved to Stockholm two months ago, and my roommate, Adil Fakir, he's Pakistani but born raised in Stockholm, but he's watching this every single night.
1: Wow, that's quite quite some dedication
0: there. and he's watching the all the episodes and like I didn't know what that was so I started watching it it's fantastic and they tried to sell that show in the States but because a lot of the um, questions and pictures and music copyright issues it would be too expensive to show in states that's why they don't have QI in the USA but it's interesting it's a fantastic and uh, yeah and um, so Stephen Fry from your home, his at least his grandfather is from your hometown.
1: I did not know that.
0: So um, you don't come from you know families of travels in, in in a sense like do do you have a family members who moved to another country and
1: yeah well when we were young when I was a kid we didn't have a lot of money to to spend on traveling but i think my bro- my brothers he graduated university last year and he's in south korea now and i think both he and i because we didn't have so much chance to go to all these different places um we he's he's even more of a traveler than me like he's he's on holiday right now and i'm pretty jealous but he he's uh, yeah he moved to south korea last year um, I think he's doing pretty well. It's but the,
0: the, the town you grew up, it, is it mostly white English people? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. It's um, We had one black boy in our school, um, and uh, yeah, that's basically it really.
0: Because, you know, this is not uh, anything bad about English people. I think it's true anywhere in the world. When you live in a small town, everybody looks the same. Mm. I don't know if most people open to new idea or new groups of people, you know. So I think I find you and your brother very interesting that, you know, it, it wasn't like your parents pushed you to move into another country, right?
1: No. M- my family is pretty open yeah. anyway. I mean, when I was younger, we always used to have um, home stay. Like Japanese girls would come out and stay with us for a couple of days at a time. Ah, um, And they are pretty open. So my brother kind of grew up um, with meeting different people but I think when he came to visit me in Japan um, he thought that he would want this kind of life for himself as well.
0: But he decided to go to Korea
1: instead of Japan. He did. I was I was kind of, I was like, oh, you know, you can follow in my footsteps and it'll be cool but I think, you know, he he really, he's, he's a really great guy and he'll really go far and he didn't really want to kind of follow his big sister, I guess.
0: But what, but how did that interest in Japan happen to you in the little town I mean is it a little town
1: yeah it is quite a small town Um, how did that happen that's an interesting story Um, when I was like 13 or so um there, there was uh, do you, are you do you know the ko university in tokyo sure
0: there's a christian private uh,
1: exactly um they have it's this elevator women's school. college oh no 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 it's 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 mixed i think Oh, they, is they, that right? okay. mm-hmm, in they it's like an elevator school so they have um high schools and junior high schools and and primary schools as well um and the junior high school kids every year um i think 40 of them? Yeah, 40 of them would come to my town. I've no idea why my town. Um, And they would pick 20 local kids to live in this boarding school with them for a week and just teach each other, each other's um, cultures. There would be no adults around. They would be, you know, like at dinner time or something, there'd be some adults, but they would just leave us to it. Um, And my English teacher told me, he's like, you know, I think you'd be great for this. And I have no idea why I wasn't particularly... You know that way inclined at all um but i managed to get through obviously the
0: teachers saw something in you
1: yeah, yeah i'm not i'm not quite sure what they saw um i wasn't you know unique in any way or anything by the way is that cat okay <laughs> my cat is shut is it okay if i let him let me
0: i'll, I'll pause it go ahead okay we're back Make sure <laughs> your cat is okay yeah he was your nephew? Yeah. yeah
1: my my little nephew. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. for some reason I got chosen and we spent a week. Um, and I like to tell people, there's two versions of this story that I tell people. If I don't know the person so well, I will say, oh, and um, I was really impressed with their English and I really wanted to return the favour and learn Japanese and go to Japan. Sure. Make lots of friends. The real story is um, that I really, really fancied this guy. There was this guy um, called Yusuke. And uh, I was absolutely besotted with him. And I think I even wrote him a love letter and posted it under his bedroom door and stuff like that. And if you'd have asked me at the age of 17, what do you want to do with your life? I would have been like, I want to go to Japan and marry sure. Isuke and live we'll happy ever after. Um, and uh, I didn't, I, we're still really good friends actually. And he came to visit Frankfurt a couple of months ago, and that was really great. Um, oh that's great though. after all yeah, these years yeah, yeah. and he, out of all the whole group I, I'm still friends with one other girl but um, you know we, we did stay really good friends sure and, um, and it's great and I did I did genuinely want to have lots of Japanese friends that was my main motivation
0: but well. talk about life changing opportunity right
1: yeah I mean if I hadn't have had that I have no idea where I'd be because I wasn't I mean I was I wasn't failing classes, but I wasn't exactly, you know, the brightest kid or anything like that. I wouldn't have had anything else to fall upon, I don't think.
0: So you, this is a little before you went to college, mm-hmm. and so you already made a maybe a basic plan like I want to study the language, go to Japan. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um. So I I studied to be an English teacher because I just thought that I would be an English teacher in sure. Japan and that would be it. Um. And that's why I chose to go down that route.
0: So, uh, which college did you go again? I'm
1: sorry. It's okay, don't worry. Um, it was called Liverpool John Moores. It's um, uh, sort of, um, it's not exactly a good university when you look at the ratings and stuff. But in, for me, that was absolutely perfect. It was, I was taken out of the countryside and put into this big city. Uh, uh, but
0: I, I, I really like what you wrote in blog, and I g- agree with you because I, I, I really don't think at the end of the day, 10 years after you graduate, 20 years, I don't, I don't really think it matters that much. Exactly. But you have a, such a good attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is something that young people hear a lot. You're taking some dead-end job. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, only dead heads. Go nowhere. Yeah. It's just you. We all have terrible jobs, mm-hmm. and um, you look for your next opportunity. And so, sounds to me, you you made a really good transition from university in UK, and you eventually went to school in Japan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What, what did your parents think about the whole thing?
1: Um, they've been really, really supportive. I mean, you know, it, it must have been really hard for them to have their daughter so far away for such long time. Sure. Um, and I know that they. They have encouraged me to move back home a, a lot over the years, um, but no, they, they, they're, actually, they're absolutely fantastic. You know, they're really, really great with it all.
0: And before we start recording, we briefly talk about Lucy Blackman. Oh, yeah, sure. For those of you who don't know the story, she was a Ameri- uh, British uh, flight attendant, heard the opportunity to make n- money in nightclubs in Japan. She went there and um, she was murdered. And uh, I think I, I read a book called People Who Eat Darkness by Richard Lloyd Perry. Fantastic book. And I can't even imagine what British parents thought when there's something. This is like the worst fear. Like their daughter disappeared in foreign, langu- foreign land. Mm. You don't speak the language. You don't know how the procedure work. And uh, this is probably a couple years afterward when you start going to Japan. Okay. So... There um, was not worry at all.
1: Well, I was quite lucky. The first time I went to Japan, I was um, sixteen, and I went with my class. Um, my I took Japanese evening classes, sure. and I went with that class. And I had uh, two teachers present, um, and we were really looked after. We stayed in homestays and stuff. Sure, it wasn't really. Um, I don't think there was there would have been any chance for anyone to kidnap me at yeah. any point in that. And then when I went to university there, I was at. Um, a girls Christian university and we were really really wrapped up in cotton wool I remember this one time I was um, I put my name on this like foreign talent website where you can do sort of like acting or modelling or something like that and somebody uh, the airport in Nagoya contacted me and they said they wanted me to be in an advert for the airport Um, and every job that we did we had to have it okayed by the university so I went to the university and they were like no you, you can't do this it could be dangerous and stuff they really, really looked after me. I mean, it would have been kind of cool to be in that advert.
0: Sure. So you ended up not doing it?
1: Yeah, I didn't do it in the end. Ah. They, they, they kind of, they feared that um, it would end up being some, one of these late night shows where the girls are half-dressed and, sure. I don't know, wrestling in gunge or something like that. And there's a lot of it
0: in Japan. Oh, yeah. yeah there's loads, honest. yeah.
1: Um, they thought I was going to be tricked into it. Um, so uh, I ended up not doing it. But I, it was, I... You know, it was completely safe the whole time. And I think if it hadn't been the case, my parents would have been a bit more concerned. Yeah. But they and had I think you're a s- very,
0: extremely smart person, so... Um.
1: Oh, I won't go that far, <laughs> So you went... Uh,
0: what surprised you when you went to Japan? Anything?
1: Oh, gosh, everything. Um, I don't know. I When I was a teenager, I really did think that Japan... And I think this is really common with a lot of people who are sat there studying Japanese... Dreaming of going to Japan they think that they'll step into Japan. It'll be this happy land and Everyone will want to be your friend and everyone will be super super nice to you And it was it sounds
0: so bizarre to me because I was born raised there. Yeah, 11, But yeah, okay go ahead yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it just it, it, as you say it's not like that and yeah. it was it's really hard. It's really hard to make friends. It's really hard to um, You know just fit in even if you speak the language really really well. It's really hard um, and I think that was probably the main difficulty for me.
0: You Even to that last day when you uh, you were living in Japan, was it still difficult?
1: Oh yeah, sure. I mean, um, I there were lots of little things that kind of annoyed me. Like, oh, if if you go there as as a non-Japanese person, non-Asian person, you get asked all the time if you can use chopsticks and i can use chopsticks that's really weird and then i got to a phrase where i would just ask the person well can you use a spoon you know i'd get really angry in in response like lashing out at them um
0: but you notice a lot of those questions you don't it's not a malicious they're genuinely like no
1: yeah they just don't know I, 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 but I, this is annoying
0: because you're hearing the same question over and over
1: exactly and exactly some of them are really funny like um you know, uh, a fellow teacher at my school, this Japanese guy, he was um, a humanities teacher, so you kind of expect him to know a bit about the world. And I was, because as you probably know, um, Japanese kids have to clean up their own school. And I was helping them this one time, just sweeping with a broom. And this teacher comes up to me, says, "Charlotte Sensei, you're you're really good at sweeping." And I'm like, "Uh, thank you." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, because because in Britain you don't have brooms," and I'm like. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we have rooms. Um and he just I don't know it just it was funny But it, these kinds of questions if you asked them all the time It really gets on your nerves. It's almost like
0: a Chinese water torture, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly exactly
0: um, Do you yeah. know a guy named Big Takeshi?
1: Yeah, he's he's uh, uh, His show Takashi's Castle is really big in um, in England actually.
0: Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh is that they, t- they translate into English. Okay. Yeah for those of you who know, Beat Takeshi, um, he's a, a comedian, actor, director, and he writes books. And, um, 70s, he, in seventy 70s, in Japan, when they do stand up comedy, it's it's called uh, manzai. But manzai is a type of stand up comedy where you have two people performing. And, and um, he was called Beat Takeshi because of the kind of rhythm. And I don't know, that was the nickname he had from the 70s. And, um, um, so, B. Takeshi's thing is, he loved making movies, but he did a lot of television shows to raise money to do the this project that he loved, movies and things like that. Well, he used to, he used to have a show called, Sokoga Hendo Nihonjin. And there's another version, which is, Sokoga Hendo Gaijin, which is, Sokoga uh, Nihonjin, it literally means something like, Something with
1: you. things that are strange for Japanese people. Yeah,
0: I think there's something wrong with you, Japanese people. Yeah, yeah. And there's a foreign version that like there's something wrong with your foreigners so I don't know if you saw but it was a show where there's a big audience half are Japanese other half are foreigners who speak Japanese live in Japan so each episode take turn. like in one episode it will be all Japanese people complaining about foreigners the foreigners will be in the next episode complaining about well, why does Japanese people do stuff like that and um, I thought that show was great because I don't think most Japanese do, do, do you think most Japanese your experience like go out of their way to talk to foreigners it's like why do you do this and that it doesn't they don't strike me that type
1: they don't they, they just seem
0: like assume things about you
1: yeah they would assume but i mean they do their way to talk to you i think it certain people not not everyone but um i don't think anyone would ask me why i do so, sometimes my kids would say something like oh i heard foreigners only have a bath once a week and of course in japan every single night you have a shower and then you have a bath whereas onsen onsen yes. yeah that kind of thing Whereas me, myself as a European person, I have a shower every morning and I take a bath. We this apartment doesn't even have a bath, right? Um, So they're like, Ew, you're so gross, Sensei, and stuff like that." Yeah. Um, So the kids would ask, but the the adults wouldn't. They wouldn't feel that they good. Do you
0: think? Do you think things are getting better when it comes to Japanese knowing things about overseas? No no not at all and isn't it shocking because it's the third largest economy in the world Mm. their livelihood depends on international trade and um, I don't know when I'm releasing this hopefully within a month (laughs) or two but we were were talking about recently there was a commercial about NA, Mm -hmm. all Nippon Airlines and this commercial had two Japanese guys talking to each other about um, places they're going to visit in the world I forgot were they speaking English?
1: Uh, they were speaking English yeah
0: so one of the it was
1: Vancouver and somewhere else.
0: So there, there um, So two buddies at the airport looking through the giant uh, window, looking at all the planes that are flying out of Japan. And they were saying things like, do you remember some of the things they were oh, saying? It
1: was like, um, it started off like, oh, isn't it great? You can now go from direct from Tokyo to these places. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then I think it was like the taller guy said, you know, let's hug to celebrate and the other Japanese guy was like well, oh, like, this is weird and then it was like, oh, it's so I said, like,
0: Oh, you're so Japanese you're so to Japanese, react like that exactly. See, until that part I think it was a clever commercial It was
1: really good, I was thinking, wow, this is really game-changing it's
0: Because it's almost from the American movie Swingers where buddies like bro, bromance like hugging yeah. each other yeah. but the tail end of it where it became a little controversial, right? Yeah. Would you like to explain what happened?
1: Uh Yeah, they eat it, it, they they turn the conversation to let's uh, show the world what we Japanese are like or something like yeah. that. And the camera pans to the shorter guy who now has a blonde wig and a massive, massive nose. Like, really... Uh, you can see, like, the tape. Right. taped to his face. And then they go skipping off into the sunset.
0: There is a tradition... Well, I don't know if I'm going to say tradition, but... Um, Whenever Japanese people think about foreigners, they always think about blonde hair and just like gigantic nose. It's almost like the racist group in North America make fun of Jewish people, Mm -hmm. supposedly had me a big nose. So the stats was like almost 85, 86% of Japanese don't think there's no problem with that. But what do you think the foreigners' reaction to that commercial?
1: Actually, a lot of my friends posted it on Facebook, and including myself. Sure. And um, a lot of people, especially it, noticeably white guys who living in Japan, were like, oh, just shut up. It's not it's not a big deal sure. and stuff. And stop complaining and stuff like that. But people who had lived in Japan and who are now living abroad were saying, you know, this isn't right. They shouldn't do this. Sure. And, and that was quite interesting. It was a fairly fifty-fifty split, I'd say. You know,
0: I wonder what the Japanese would feel if, if they made a similar commercial in North America, mm. and um, two white guys talking to each other to show the shorter guy say, you know, we could go to Korea, Tokyo, or cycle all this, that stuff. And all of a sudden, you see the little guy, you know, like pulling Chief, their eyes or something. Yeah, pulling their eyes back, buck tooth, and yep. things like that, and. Um, I don't know how Japanese will react to that. I don't think that will be very favorable. Mm. And I think personally, I don't really care. I thought I thought it was funny because they thought this is acceptable. Yeah. Because there was somebody within the chain of marketing that mm. somebody should like. Uh, I don't think this is going to go well in uh, North America or mm. in, uh, foreigners. And I think that that disconnect with. Um, foreigners and Japanese, I find them really interesting that to 2014 there are still problems.
1: I find, I mean, stuff like this, I'm not offended by it at all, I mean, it's annoying. It's puzzling. It's puzzling, it is. What I do get sort of, I wouldn't go as far to say offended, but it it is a little bit offensive that this still happens. Lots of adverts will feature foreigners putting on really heavy accented Japanese Japanese. accents, Mm -hmm. like they're speaking in Japanese, but they're terrible at speaking Japanese. And it's very, very rare that you see a foreigner in Japan on TV or in the media with good Japanese skills doing something good and positive. And I think that this really, like.
0: Why, why do you think they do that? Or why do you think they don't want to put fluence?
1: I have no idea. To be honest, I couldn't tell. I, I know that the effect is that lots of people look at me in mm-hmm. Japan and think, oh, she can't speak Japanese and for example one of the other things that really annoyed me was if I was in a cafe I was with an Asian friend like I had a lot of Singaporean friends or Chinese friends the Japanese waiter or waitress would speak to them they can't speak Japanese I would I would translate for them yes and then reply in Japanese and again they would talk to the Asian person instead of me so,
0: okay tell me what do you think is going on I just do you think they are being racist
1: it's not racism I don't think it is it's not racism it's ignorance because in the media you have so many you know um, people speaking really bad Japanese that they just think oh white people don't speak Japanese that's it and I I would really hope that in the next few years there would be more people speaking really great Japanese
0: and let's be frank TV is such a powerful medium. oh yeah and I think if if they're Japanese and they never travel overseas and they don't have foreign friends, ninety nine point nine percent of what they think of a foreigner is based on TV. Oh
1: yeah,
0: I remember visiting the states the first time seventy nine. My dad and my mom they were saying stuff about black people and Latinos, and I and at the time I just believed them because what do you why would you doubt your parents? Yeah. But they were basically saying about the crime by minorities in states, mm-hmm. which well, based everything mm-hmm. movies and stuff. Yeah. You know, and I I think that's a really people are sensitive when they're getting ridiculed, but they don't take time to consider yeah. when you make an assumption about the groups, you're doing the same thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Um, I'm not a sensitive person, so I don't really care when they do say stuff about Asian people. I think it's funny that uh, if they're being serious, how ignorant they are. But um, yeah, I I find that uh, this stuff really interesting because I'm sure this happened to you many times. You're in subway. You walk into subway train and you're sitting next to a Japanese person within a few minutes that person get yep. up and yep. walk away. Yep. This person is not walking out of the train. They're just, they just do not want to sit next to you. Yep. What do you, what, what do you think is going on right there? I've
1: asked so many Japanese people this I've asked so many cuz it did it kind of hurt. Um, and the answer is that they are scared that you will turn around and speak English to them and that they would not be able to reply oh. and then they would lose face. That's the answer. Yeah and it's not because they think that they'll that you'll steal from them or anything like that it's basically because they're scared of their english skills
0: do you... actually i have to admit that's a pretty reasonable
1: it is it, it is but if you Take it into any other country. I mean, it happened to me in Seoul as well in South Korea. Actually, the exact same thing happened to me.
0: <laughs> but I think that's a little different reason. I think. In well,
1: Seoul. I, I I don't I don't know so much yeah. about that. But um, if you put that same scenario, like if um, you know, if you're in London and you go on the tube and a French person sits next to you and you run away because you know you can't speak French that well, that's absolutely ridiculous. That that's is ridiculous. It, it is really is ridiculous. But it's sort of normal there.
0: Um, you you brought something interesting. Uh, when I was in the Netherlands, it drives Dutch people crazy when uh, Americans, especially, say "How you doing?" Because their reactions like, "Well, why do you give a shit about what well, Oh uh, yeah, like you don't care. These are these are small talk. So if if, if 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 Dutch person put it like that, I could kind of uh, where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. But I also think every. Culture. Every country they have what they consider polite within each country. It's probably different in each countries, right? Yeah. So, I think Americans say "How are you doing?" because within that culture, uh, my culture, that's just being polite. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't even think about how a listener might feel about that. If you're in Japan, you know, um, you walk into somebody's house when you open the door, you usually say "Gomen kudasai."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How would you literally translate that?
1: Oh gosh. These are the kinds of things, and especially in translation, like, you have... It literally
0: sounds to me like, as I'm walking into your house, please accept my apology.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But that's, like, if you literally take that, that sounds phony to me, like, why would you even have to say that? But in Japan, that's just a normal way of saying, you know? So. What I try to do is every time I visit another country, even if I think they're being rude, I want to give them benefit of doubt because maybe in that culture, it's not considered rude, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give people benefit of doubt. But it must be hard for you sometime in the beginning, right? Because they, they, they feel like, are they treating me like this way because I'm not them?
1: Yeah, I find it in, in Frankfurt, Frankfurt's very, very multicultural. And mm-hmm. the, I'd say that there are more um, expats here than there are German. That's just a made-up, Thing that probably isn't factually true, but there are a lot of foreigners here, sure. and um, I find that people stare at you You may I mean if you go into town today, you may find it people will stare at you and it's the kind of stare the white Germans Oh, yeah, 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 and um, you get stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, that's so puzzling Um, but you're still white. Yeah, but even so I mean I don't dress like a German person um. Um, And uh, I used to date someone who isn't white as well and Especially when we're together we would get stared at a lot and It's the kind of staring that if you look back at them, they don't stop They keep staring at you even if you're looking right at them.
0: You're not talking mad-dogging, right?
1: What's mad-dogging?
0: Okay Um, oh good. I, I had to learn that one in Los Angeles. It's you know how sometimes um, I, I, If you grew up in Japan, I don't know if you're ever into those mountains where there are a lot of monkeys Uh but one other thing they tell you is like do not stare monkeys because that's a hostile thing to do they will attack you oh yeah so mad dog is basically when when you have a dog or something Mm. I think this is what they were explaining to me because Mexican gang guys got mad at me when I was doing the show for them like you're almost staring at in a most threatening disrespectful way Mm. but like but when that happened to me I told them like oh I was just thinking. I was just looking in the direction of that person, but that person me like I was a hostile mm. aggression to them. You know,
1: it so d- it depends. I think, like, yeah.
0: did did you think maybe they're staring because they've never seen people like you guys?
1: Yeah, there is that. Yeah, and sometimes, like, like I said, I don't dress like a German person. Um, I tend to wear a lot brighter colors or different styles from... Oh, that's the
0: same thing in Scandinavia. They all dress kind of dark. Oh,
1: really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I find that colours in fashion confuse the locals here, and I do get stared at sometimes. Um, So it's more,
0: do you think, curiosity?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. It's not, um, you know, they're not looking for a fight or anything. Uh, uh, They're just looking at something that they haven't seen before, and they're just taking it all in. But...
0: I mean, but there's times you know it's a hostile.
1: Yeah, 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 and and sure, if you're gonna look at someone, sometimes I see a girl, I'm like, wow, she's she's really well dressed. I kind of I want to look at what she's wearing so sure. I can copy it. But if she looked back at me, I would like look away. I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable about sure. it. I'm aware of her feelings as well. But it sometimes it feels that um, you know they don't really care whether I'm uh, you know hurt by them staring. Sure, or I but think I, I
0: think women. It's easy for women to look at uh, people, I think, because uh, what I call the C word that men and women will always worry about. The mm-hmm. C word the women will always worry about is she's crazy.
1: Oh yeah.
0: You know, but C word the men are always afraid is the creepy word.
1: Oh yeah.
0: You know, I think that's what uh, well, obviously calling called child is words, but. That's one of the worst things to be called by women, both publicly and privately, mm-hmm. because there's something about them to make people uncomfortable, you know. But I, I think it's safe for women to look at other women or women looking at men. I think, but when we get when men are get caught looking at women, you know. <laughs> yeah we just we have to be really be careful you know because men because around
1: here aren't careful I, as you can see we we're in the red light district right here and men will openly stare at girls have you, have you had problems oh yeah yeah so many I, I used to live to the south of the main station just over there
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and I had a real may, may I,
0: I for a second sure. for those of you who never been to frankfurt Germany. Uh, L.B. Strauss Kaiser Strauss all the streets mm-hmm. it has one of the biggest red light district and yes. these buildings have like multiple floors with mm-hmm. women all over the place and they legalized prostitution in Germany like 2001 or 2002 so there's Um, a lot of prostitutes and um,
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of strip clubs and um, erotic hotels but you do still find street prostitution and gang prostitution like that kind of thing
0: sure and I think um, um, health angel gangs monitor the area and they make money in the areas too and um, I think if you're a woman walking around the street they probably assume you're in the business
1: they do and I get asked all the time if I would you
0: know.
1: Like how much? Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I probably, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not It's ridiculous to look at me. I don't look like a prostitute in any way, shape, I I hope at least. Um,
0: you, dress, you dress wholesome.
1: Yeah, yes. exactly. But the thing is, the girls on the street also dress wholesome. You see them with UGG boots and, and jeans and big sweaters and stuff, whereas in England... If you see, uh, like in Liverpool, there are a lot of prostitutes and they would wear miniskirts and high heels and stuff yeah. like that. So, it, I mean, to be fair to them, it is kind of difficult, I guess. But, I mean, times when I've been asked if I would let them, you know... Is it English or German? Both. Well, okay. Both. I mean, I've been pulling my suitcase coming back home for Christmas, and guys would ask me, or I'm on my bicycle, and guys would ask me. When I lived in my old place, guys would pull up the car beside me and ask me to get in. When I said no, they would look absolutely shocked. Like, you know, they didn't even imagine. Are they white
0: Germans then ask you? Or? White Germans, okay. yeah.
1: Um, not always, I guess. I... I don't want to say the word Turkish because I don't know for sure if you know these people are, but you know that. But kind there's of, a
0: lot of Turkish people. There are around.
1: a lot of Turkish people here, and and
0: I don't say this being disrespectful. No, but, no, no. But <coughs> Turkish people in Germany are like the Mexicans of uh, North America. They hard-working group of people took all yep. the duty jobs the Germans they mm-hmm. want to do in seventies and. And, and i think germans thought they were eventually going to go home which they didn't they're here so yeah, yeah. but you do see a lot of them in the red light district
1: and they do i mean turkish people are really really friendly and they don't have that sort of barrier if, if they see somebody on the street who they don't know but they think is interesting and they will always come up and speak to you there's a street just just next to here mm-hmm. there's a lot of turkish businesses Sure. people are so friendly there and i think that's also one of the things as well why a Turkish guy would be more likely to come and talk to me and ask me for sex or something like that because you know there isn't that barrier between them and a stranger.
0: Do you, do you find it interesting because they're Muslims they're really strict about uh, you know the quran for I'm sure pretty tough on them but I find it so interesting that <laughs> you see so many of them they, they probably work most of it in the red line district but you do see Overrepresentation of that group in red light district.
1: I don't know. I mean, I live right in the heart of the red light district, and I would say the the majority of people here are other European guys, like maybe um, like white. Early 20s guys in big groups, and they're all like, Whoa, let's go to a strip club or whatever. Those are the ones I see the most. I I very, very rarely see anyone who isn't white going into um, a strip club or um, offering things to the prostitutes,
0: except when they were delivering food. I do see that. Oh,
1: you do have you seen that in Frankfurt?
0: Because there's a lot of these uh, cabal plays, Mm -hmm. and um, I mean, I became friends with them. But one of them will like, yeah, i got to go to one of the brothels and deliver food or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've
1: never seen that, though.
0: So, um, well, that's interesting. So, um, so they stare at you. But is that is the kind of same stare that you got in Japan? Or is it just different? Oh, no,
1: no. A Japanese guy would never, you know, leer, I guess is the word. A Japanese guy would never be creepy like that. Um, it would usually be... I, I,
0: I, I do think creepy guys are everywhere. I think oh, yeah. they're more subtle about yeah. that sort of things you
1: know i think japanese guys are sort of uh, in a way slightly nervous around white women um i don't know that we tend to be a lot stockier and especially me i'm quite stocky and if they did do something wrong i wonder if they won if they think that i could beat them up or something like that or get aggressive
0: have you ever talked to any of those because didn't you say you maybe uh, dated one japanese guy
1: i've I've dated a couple of Japanese guys.
0: Um, did, you, did you ever bring that up?
1: No. Um, one guy, when I was studying in Nagoya, I dated a guy for quite a while and I he came back to the UK a couple of times to see. To Do you speak him in
0: Japanese or English?
1: Oh, we, uh, we spoke in Japanese most of the time, actually, I think. Um, sometimes we would speak in English. His English definitely improved over the course of our relationship. Sure. But I think it was in Japanese mostly. But he came back to the UK and, of course, in Japan, it's common for girls to wear very short things, short shorts or short skirts, mm-hmm. even, like, small children will wear short skirts and then knee-high socks, and that, as a as a Westerner, that's quite, you know, that's quite sexy. Um, and when he came to England, he was amazed that girls had cleavage and they would just have low-cut tops and stuff. And He said he felt really weird because he kept on wanting to look around and he felt weird about it And He didn't feel that he could do it. So I mean, I don't know if it's just him as a person or this is a common theme. So your
0: boyfriend was a pretty Self-aware and thoughtful guy.
1: Oh, he was really really thoughtful. He was yeah. for someone who had never been outside of Japan before he was incredibly um, culturally aware, I think
0: and, and he I guess he was shocked in Japan about. I mean, in England.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he really, he hated London. He thought that it was going to look like Mary Poppins and, and, you know, that kind of world of men with top hats and stuff.
0: I'm telling you, the power of TV. People <laughs> just assume. Because a lot of poor people moving to Los Angeles, they have this idea, like, when they move to L.A., they're driving convertible, living in Malibu, and, you know they come to home and there's a growing bikini outfit by the swimming pool. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't know that Los Angeles. That's yeah. not my experience, yeah. you know. Um, I have to say, I remember watching this commercial one time, and it was English language school. And basically, at the end of the commercial, if I remember right, this Japanese guy learned to speak English, and ended up marrying a white girl. So the, the message was basically, if you learn to speak English, this is what you will get.
1: That was, that was a commercial in Japan. Yes. Wow, that's pretty. Because it usually it'd be the other way around. It'd be a Japanese girl learning to speak English, so then she'll marry a white man. It's quite, it's quite. That's rare so
0: common that that's not even like um, fantasy. It happen. It seems like it happens all the time. Yeah, of course. But it's other way around. Um, I find, I find it interesting because you know I grew up in the states. It, my experience was I I I'm, I know more non Asian girls because of places I grew up, but. Mm. Do, 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 you, do you think they just fear fear of white women or do you think a lot of them are attracted to white girls? I don't, I, I don't think they have the same feeling about black girls, I if I, I'm just being yeah. honest right here.
1: I don't know, I, I wouldn't know about black girls in Japan, I didn't know very many, um, but um, I don't. I don't know if they're attracted. Uh, the The guy actually, the guy I dated when I was studying in Japan, he had a part time job in an adult store that sold like I went. I went in there once. It was absolutely horrible. Like, really, really shocking. And they had like DVDs, like sure. porn, porn DVDs, toys, and books and stuff like that. And he said that the um, the most common DVDs were obviously the you know Japanese girls. Then the then the second. Most common are like gay DVDs and the least common were like uh, DVDs with foreign girls Hardly anyone would buy them and so it kind of does suggest that maybe Japanese guys just aren't uh, You know attracted to But there are certainly guys who do I, I Had a lot of guys would who wanted to date me purely because I'm white Yes, and that's the big um uh, that's a big thing in Japan, you know, if, if a guy's wanting to date you, you got to think like, you know, does he like me for me or does he like me because he wants to date a white girl? And if you start thinking that way, it can get kind of, you know, you can lead to a bit of unhappiness.
0: I think that's a little misleading with adult thing because any person visiting Tokyo, Osaka, if you look at the billboards, most of the um, advertisement, you always see white faces, mm-hmm. white women generally. Like, when was the last time you saw uh, Cessedo or any of a um, Japanese cosmetic company actually using a black girl's face for advertisement?
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't. The white
0: that? young white faces are everywhere on billboards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I I I don't know if they're comfortable uh, talking about it, but I do, I do feel when it comes to beauty, there's a little bit of. Um, weird inferiority complex in my opinion.
1: Well they have a lot of, it was really hard to find a face cream that didn't have a whitening agent in it. I yes. ended up using the same um, face wash the whole time I was in Japan because that's the only one without mm. whitening. And I do think that's a real shame, like, you know, you should, you were born with a skin that's a certain color and you should learn to be proud and feel safe in that color. You should sure. feel the need to be something else. Because was not
0: was it your impression that in Japan most girls like to be lighter skinned? Oh,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Having Santian is not a good thing. Mm. Well, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about that?
1: Well, actually, even even more than the skin color, the thing that I found uh, really interesting, I, as I said, I went to a girls' university in, in Nagoya and on the train to, to university every day, these girls would be putting these like elastic strips in their eyelids and I would watch them and they'd be all doing it, and I had no idea what they were doing. And I said to my friend, you know, what are you doing? What is this thing you're putting in your eye? And it was like a little piece of elastic, sticky elastic, putting to make a second fold in your eyelid. And they, and they were saying, oh, it makes us look like we have Western eyes. And like, to us, to us, so to the other foreign students, I mean, like your eyes don't look any different, you know, it's whether you have one fold or two or whatever.
0: But They know the difference.
1: They know the difference sure. and they feel that that makes their eyes completely different and looking like a Westerner's eyes, even though to us it just you know it's just Japanese eyes with an extra fold in it.
0: And I can remember that uh, reporter in the states she is married to Les Mumbaz who is the head of CBS. He's a big CEO, very powerful man. He married this Asian girl. I can't remember her name but she's from Ohio and basically early on her career in Ohio in this uh, news uh, broadcast show that her opportunity in the journalism front of TV is very limited because she's Asian so what she did was she got multiple plastic surgery where she looked more westernized Asian person you know what I mean like almost like a anime version what um, Asian person looks like so she changed it. I think she's a very attractive. Now I didn't. I never knew she had a plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. But if you saw a picture of her prior to plastic surgery, she was, I guess, unattractive in the mm-hmm. traditional. Uh,
1: but she was more popular afterwards.
0: Oh, absolutely! She had a huge career. It's really like, sad. She's very talented. She's incredibly charming and um, very smart. But basically. She wasn't attractive in a traditional way, so only way she's going to go up is she. I forgot her name, but it was a big issue. among Asian American thing, and in South Korea, plastic surgery is like a national sport. Oh yeah, sports. yeah, yeah. Um, And even there was this news in China where this husband sued and divorced his I wife. About, yeah,
1: because
0: the kids were ugly because she Cause had. would bu- have
1: so much. Yeah, she was beautiful, but only with after sisters. the surgery. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't. I don't quite understand. I, I think. I have a lot of Asian American friends, but the problem for them, they um, they were born in the states and grew up. So they don't have any sort of point of reference or role model. So especially the adopted Asian kids, they, they seem to have a lot of problem. But for me, I grew up in Japan until 11 years old. I went to move in the States. It was never an issue for me to watch an American show where non-Asian people are in the roles because I said, well, I can watch just Japanese show." There's plenty, you know, but yeah. I think... If you're Asian-American, living in the States, you don't speak the language, you watch American shows, and you don't see anyone that look like you, I mm. guess that's kind of an issue for them, you know? I, I, I really couldn't relate to them. So yeah. they do all this goofy shit to their face.
1: Mm. I know a lot of um, Japanese guys who grew up in London. There's quite a few at work. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've I never really spoken to them about it, but it's they seem to be pretty well turned out. And I don't know whether they have issues like that but certainly it's I've I felt in Japan women really really uh, felt that they needed to do self-improvement and uh, really spend ages doing their nails doing their hair sure. picking out the makeup and stuff way more than a British woman would
0: do you, is, is there more sexism in Japan or is it different compared to Germany and England in Japan
1: um, I mean, of course there's sexism in Japan. I think I, I read something a little while ago saying that Japan is one of the most um, not the sexist country in the world, but the gender uh, Divide is one of the biggest in the world and I would say that's that's definitely true.
0: For example um, In Sweden if you're even if you're married and you give a birth to a child you could reasonably go back to your job mm-hmm. and have a career mm-hmm. I don't think that's a really a case in no. Japan.
1: If you're a teacher, there are a couple of teachers at my junior high school who yeah. had—they were female and they had children—and they went back to work afterwards. But um, for, for sure, for example, flight attendant. Oh yeah, no. Like, you're, you're, you're older. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and of course, there's that whole Christmas cake thing. Yes.
0: Could you explain to them? Yeah.
1: So Christmas cake is like. Wow, um, I could
0: tell you've been there. <laughs> Very good.
1: Yeah. Um. um yeah, so Christmas Day, C- Christmas Eve, 24th, you want to eat Christmas cake. 25th, you want to eat Christmas cake. On the 26th and after that, you don't really want to eat Christmas cake right. anymore. So they say that Japanese women, or perhaps women in general, are like Christmas cakes. 24, great age to get married. 25, perfect age to get married. and get ma- get married, but afterwards, after 26, you pretty much, you know, you're a stale cake. I, I just think that's really...
0: So, so basically, what they're saying is, if you're not married by 25, you're gonna get old, moldy. Yeah.
1: Well, there was that. Oh gosh, what's the name of that? um, There's
0: a male. By the way, there's a male version of that.
1: Oh, is there? Oh, really?
0: There, there is a noodle that you eat on the last day of the year. uh, year, Something soba, but I can't. Kashi
1: kashi soba. There you go. There you go.
0: (laughs) Basically, if you're not married by 30, 31, they're gonna start questioning you. Oh, really? I, I think the way, Kaisha, which is Japanese word for corporation or company, I, I think they could jokingly say like, are you a homosexual? Mm. But I think if you're not married by 30, I think they start questioning like, here's a person who doesn't have his life in order, not married. How could you even advance this person upper management because? He doesn't have his personal life together. Mm-hmm. You couldn't possibly have this person in upper management. I think that's that's the way of their thinking. Yeah. Um,
1: I think from a British point of view, mm-hmm. if um, if somebody got married at the age of twenty four, you'd be really like you know what what don't you have in your life that you have been forced to get married so soon? Like you know, don't you have a good enough career? Or oh, interesting. I think it's very much the. The opposite way around and I, I know that my mum she said to me like she really doesn't want me to get married before the age of 30 because the person you are at 25 well, who, who's this? my mother oh, yeah my own mother mm-hmm. she doesn't um, the person you are at 25 is completely different to the person you are at 30 sure. and I think even from I'm 27 now even the person I was when I came here to Frankfurt three years ago is completely different to the person I am today right um, so I mean I really but in Japan, isn't there the case now that there are a lot of um, couples who get divorced once they uh, retire from work? Like the the husband comes home <laughs> yeah. from work, and sure. you are suddenly spending a lot of time with that person, you realize that you don't, you both have changed, you don't really love each other anymore, and, and the
0: kids are already out of the yeah, house. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and I think that's really sad as well. You know,
0: what is the word? There's a term the Japanese household wives and for husband once they retired they're just staying home all the time. Something gomi. Gomi is Japanese for garbage.
1: I don't know that one. But
0: this is a really funny term that my friend told me. Basically, the wives are irritated because now that they're retired, they're home all the time. Mm-hmm. She cannot do things that she want to do. And basically, this word was literally like a, there's a living garbage bag in the middle of the living room. You know?
1: Yeah. Um, I've never heard of that before.
0: I. Sometimes people, my friends, I'm being overly critical of Japan. I'm not overly critical of Japan because I hate it. I'm critical because I want people to live a better life, a happier mm-hmm. life. And if you ask most Asian people, especially Japanese, are you happy? They will hesitate. A lot of people hesitate. If you're hesitating, you're not a happy person. But
1: I think that can be true of everyone. You know? but
0: I think it's even worse in Japan because yeah. I think you always think about your others first. Mm-hmm. And even though this is probably even true, you living through the tsunami and earthquake in Japan yeah. right? the number of people returning money that they found mm-hmm. and people don't cut in line I don't think there's anywhere in the world that does it as well as Japanese that's
1: absolutely true it's, it really is it's
0: not an Asian thing it's it's a Japanese thing
1: yeah I really after the tsunami and stuff I I just before it happened I was kind of in a low point there's different stages of culture shock and the first stage is where you absolutely love the new country the second stage so there's you start
0: with euphoria
1: yeah exactly euphoria and the second stage is when you're at a real low and just everything irritates you everything that's different to what you're used to irritates you and i was very much in stage two just before this how long did
0: it take you from the day one to that point a year six months
1: oh so many years even i mean when I was studying over there, I had days when I was very much in stage two. But then when I went back to work there, I had uh, stage one for a little bit. I was happy to be back sure. in Japan. But I was very much, I was very irritated by Japan just before the tsunami. And then things happened. Um, and again, like it's like you say, the media on the TV. I wasn't aware of all the corruption that was happening in the government or the lies that sure. was happening in TEPCO and stuff like that. Um, you you experienced an
0: earthquake, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt the. What, earthquake. Was, what
0: was it like for you?
1: Um, it was it was only really really small. It was just it was on a Friday afternoon. Um, the kids had just finished sweeping up school, and I sat down at my desk and I felt something weird, and I was like, "Huh, that's kind of weird." But nobody else felt it, and then suddenly we heard sirens from outside, um, and we turned on the TV. Um, and we just saw the
0: uh because you you're like what 300 miles from fukushima
1: yeah i was quite i was quite i don't know how far exactly yeah. but it was it was pretty far um and the sirens were for the tsunami that was going to come and it said that the tsunami was going to come in 15 minutes and i said to my colleagues like the kids are outside playing basketball and stuff do we not should we not just put them on the roof or something let sure. And they're like, nah, no, nah, it's fine. And they were sat reading the nice. newspapers. And yeah, and it came, and luckily it was only like a, one meter or two meters or something. Sure. It did absolutely no damage. But um,
0: but it, while you're watching this um, on TV, I, I, I actually was in, in Frankfurt at the time. Mm-hmm. And that shot of a helicopter angle, where literally miles away, this thing's literally coming across, yeah. and you just. You can't do anything. You're just watching as people are getting killed. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it was really... And and the aftermath with everyone in the shelters and stuff, um, it was all the TV, all the normal TV shows were completely taken off the TV. It was only news, right, where they would go to the shelters and speak to people Mm -hmm. um, or reports on what's happening and how it's going to, you know, get better. Or there was, like three adverts and i'm sure you've seen them on youtube or something and the three uh like motivational messages one was like um a little song about how uh, you should always uh greet people in the street and it was like um and each uh thing was a different animal um and uh, there was another one about recycling and another one about giving your seat up on the train to old people. And just this for months, like maybe maybe two, three months, this was all that there was on TV. And you're right, it's the message that it was giving to me. I was so pro-Japan. Like, I wouldn't have had anything bad said about Japan during that time because I was so, um, you know, and I wanted to do everything to help all the people in the shelters and stuff like that.
0: Because in the States... <coughs> I see this as someone who was born in Japan but now a uh, US citizen. I could imagine there might have probably been like riots and looting because, mm-hmm. um, not picking people in uh, New Orleans and Louisiana, but there was a lot of looting and all this crazy stuff happened, yeah. you know. and. It's just unimaginable that oh, happened no. in Japan. Yeah. It just just will not happen.
1: There are a lot of people who would go driving through the the no go zones and just to check on the situation. There'd be like dogs running around, like starving to death and stuff like that. But nobody would have ever thought to, you know, uh, steal anything. Some people were allowed to take a bag and they could pick up like five items from sure. the house. Nothing was stolen or anything like that.
0: So when you when you saw that you. Where, where do you think that comes from? Because I was born there, but like uh, I'm 44 years old and there's times I will catch myself not doing something because there's still a little bit of that cultural gravity to kind mm-hmm. of pull me back not to do mm-hmm. something, you know? I'm still kind of losing it older mm-hmm. I get, but that, I don't know what it is. It's just something, it's almost like the food that you grow up. It, it doesn't matter how old you are, or you move away. There's certain food that will bring you that early memory. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, like, you feel that feeling, you know, like, I would have done the same thing.
1: I I felt real connection to Japan. I mean, it didn't, nothing horrible happened to me. I mean, you know, there wasn't any damage to my house and I was completely fine. And, you know, the earthquake that I felt was very, very small. But I'm sure
0: your family panicked.
1: Oh, my God. I... I mean, even I did, because they were saying like there was a 70% chance of there being another earthquake mm-hmm. within the next sort of, months or so, and I would come home every day at 4pm and Skype my parents, it would be like 8am or something in, in Britain, and I would just cry, I would just cry for an hour and just say, like, I don't know what to do, I don't want to turn my back on Japan, and I want to be here, I want to be here helping people, but I'm so scared, because anything could happen. Sure. And um, to be honest, the reaction from my colleagues was really shocking for me, the way that they didn't really act like they were caring. And even... Cause
0: that we mean Japanese colleagues?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh. Um, they didn't talk about... If that had happened in Britain, there sure. would be um, like a school assembly. Everyone would be called together and like there'd be explained... Uh, the kids would... would be told like you know if you feel scared about something or if you're worried there's people you can talk to and if you want to help and there would probably be like a non-uniform day to raise money or something like that to put money in and none of that happened at all it wasn't even mentioned at all ever again
0: uh, and, and, and uh, I also know that uh, in states and I'm sure this is probably true in England it's okay to go in front of everyone to express their grief yeah but Japanese will not do
1: that. No, not. I mean, I had a very unfortunate situation where a student of mine passed away. Um, and when because of the tsunami. No, no, not oh. because of the tsunami. He he. Um, it, he was an interesting boy. Uh, he was a Chinese kid, and he always felt that he wasn't as good as his Japanese classmates, um, which wasn't true. He was amazing. He was he was really really great. Um, and it was a summer day he went swimming with his friends and he said look I can swim to the other side of the thing, he couldn't swim and he drowned and he died Um, and there was an assembly to sort of tell the kids about that Um, and some kids, some of the adults cried, the kids didn't cry, like when they left the auditorium they were still Mm -hmm. laughing and joking and stuff like that Um, and I did feel that there was a great, you know they couldn't express their feelings well enough
0: Well, let me, may I uh, give you my interpretation of what's going on? I think, um, I I could be wrong, but I I think Japanese people in general don't want to do that because I don't think they want everyone to think their suffering is any more important than others, so they probably think it's a a wagamama, like selfish thing to do that. Mm.
1: That's quite a good explanation, actually. That's quite... It, it, I would have never thought of that.
0: It, it's uh, that's what I think it's going on, you know. And um, um,
1: but at the same time, you know, like I mean, with the tsunami that happened on the Friday, the Sunday night, there were people in the car park behind my apartment having a barbecue. Sure. And I thought that, I was like, oh, that's really insensitive. Like you can't sit here having fun when there was like ten thousand people who sure. died up in the north.
0: That I don't know what's the long term repercussion but uh, this also remind me in 94 I think when the Kobe earthquake mm-hmm. how incompetent the government was mm-hmm. because most of the lives could be saved within first 7-8 hours emergency it took the government like literally 3-4-5 days to finally showing up to Fukushima area right Yeah. so I think I mean I'm not a writer but if I could uh, I don't know I can't I'm not even sure when I say metaphor, but I think I think that has a tremendous effect on young people because I think they're going to start thinking like the lifetime employment with Keisha companies mm-hmm. no longer available for most people. Mm-hmm. The government failed them. I think I hope um, maybe I'm being a little bit optimistic, but I, I hope young people start thinking like maybe they have to figure things out on their own, not trusting adult or government or corporation mm-hmm. because. I think slowly Japan's changing too, because when I was a kid, it it was understood you go to the best school, Todai, uh, mm-hmm. Tokyo university, if you graduate from that school, you get the best job and you're taking care for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, I'm sure even when you're in Japan, this is not really the case anymore. Mm. Well hasn't it changed? Anything?
1: I don't know I, I still think university will uh, you know. In Japan it's where you studied that's important. What you studied and the things that you can do when you come out of it doesn't matter at all. Well let's but be one
0: more blunt. What matters like the examination that you actually pass to get into those colleges. Yes,
1: they, exactly. They
0: really don't care what you do for mm-hmm. years. In fact a lot of them don't do anything. I think when you pass this difficult test, if you're getting to kale the school you were talking about, mm-hmm. Waseda and told is probably the, the number one school. Yep. Basically what it says is you have to enough intelligence and character to pass this crazy test. Yep. It really is crazy.
1: But and in England, it's the opposite. Like, I mean, getting into university, I did absolutely terribly on my uh, exams at high school. Um, and I went to, you know, not such a good university. But I studied damn hard. And in my first year, there's this four-year degree. My first year, um, there was uh, 40 or so people in my class. 20 people uh, graduated in the end. And so, I mean, there are a lot of people cut. Um, And I got a very good score because I worked very hard. But even though I went to a very poor university, I can still... Because of the skills I gained, and because of what I've done with my life, since, I can get a great job. And it's—I feel that if I had been born Japanese, I wouldn't have been able to have such a good life because I didn't—I didn't get to a good university.
0: It's—it's it's really other way around. It's, uh, i i think North America and in in England for sure. I, obviously, when you look at Harvard, which is copy after Cambridge and Oxford yeah. before, and MIT's more, and MIT is more technical school and uh, science school like once in Germany, but mm-hmm. getting in is not as difficult to say the top university in Japan, mm-hmm. but it's difficult to graduate out of it. Yeah. In Japan, you really don't do anything. This is like people maybe don't talk about it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's basically your life is determined by this examination of rest of your life, which yep. is unfair because if you're 16 or 17, a lot of guys are meatheads. Yep. I was. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I didn't, I don't know why. Uh, I just I just didn't feel like studying yeah. I didn't I did I did my homework on time and I did everything but I wouldn't have been interested to in reading more about a subject um, and right now like everything I pick up or everything I go into I research mm-hmm. and I'm reading so much about it um, and I think if I went back to school now I'd be a lot you know in a better mind for studying but when I was 16 17 my brain just it wasn't that way inclined
0: and, and, and it's strange because I, I think a lot of the um, upper class, middle upper class parents in the States, they're really afraid of Asian kids. Hmm. Um, you know, China is one of the yeah. you know, places. So and some of these parents think, oh, they just need to educate their kids, like, Asian style. Ironically, Japan, South Korea, and China, they're trying to copy more of Western form of uh, education because. There's a reason why in in China in Japan and South Korea they don't have Silicon Valley. that kind of innovative original mm-hmm. thinking it doesn't come from places in Asia because everyone thinks alike.
1: yeah it's really um, it comes down to and I, I did my thesis at university on this actually multiple choice tests in in Japan, everything is a multiple choice test when they do when they do English exams and especially with languages. You and I both speak English fluently, but the English that you speak is different to the English that I speak. At work, in the UK team, the English that I speak is different to the English that someone else speaks. You can't pigeonhole languages like that. And yet everything from English to music, you know, science, math, everything is a multiple choice. Question. Whereas in England, it's the other way around. I mean, there are some multiple choice questions in like maths, for example, or science. But even in maths and science, there are essay questions where you talk about how you think and what you did and what you think you should do better. You know, and it's completely different. You're using your opinions. And I think it's a real shame that nobody asks these Japanese kids what they think. And that's why, in my lessons, especially, I always try to ask them. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Because, you know, they don't get asked, and they're really incredible children. You know, and they have so much, so many ideas of their own. They just don't ever get asked.
0: And I, and I think that would be my concern for those Asian kids. Because I remember growing up, um, I don't remember what Chinese American scientist, but he he won Nobel Prize in science. But he said, Asian scientists in North America or Asian s- scientists in general they're very good at the basic technical level mm-hmm. but for them to question and disprove the current theories mm. they don't want to do that because I think they don't want to show disrespect to previous yeah and, and, and you have to do questioning things mm-hmm. you know and the culture don't encourage that and yeah. And I think it has something to do with the language too, because for you to read basic newspaper in Japan and China, you have to know thousands and thousands of characters. It's not like an English word alphabet, you're trying to spell some words. You either know or you don't. So yep. it's hours of memorization. You went through this, mm-hmm. you know. So yep. because of the memorization and math is a lot of a memorizing formula, but how do you make them think original thought and create new ideas? It's they're really having a hard time.
1: Yeah. I really I, I remember this one a um, uh, lesson I did with my 16-year-old students, the height, the uh, oldest students of the the ones I taught. Um, <coughs> sorry, I asked them, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And that's a simple question. If you ask a 16-year-old Western kid, they would have so many ideas. I mean, like like I said, with me, I'd be like, "I want to be an English teacher in Japan and marry and sure. that would be fine. The kids, they had it took them ages to get their ideas down, and even when they did <laughs> sorry they had such ordinary responses like this one boy says i want i want to be uh an, an ordinary worker i want to just be in a company and be a faceless worker and a girl would say i want to be a mother i want to be a wife and it was it was really i'm not saying that there wasn't any imagination in it it's just the answers that they give they probably weren't more than five Unique answers within the whole class, and I find that's really sad. You know, they they didn't have any ambition to be more or to be the best person that they possibly could be.
0: Let me give you a couple examples. Please do. Because because this is such a um, a sore issue with me. Um, I remember visiting my uh, cousin, and I remember seeing her son, and he was a little hellion, like loud and Mm. obnoxious, and like throw shit at me all the time so the three or four summers when I was visiting in Japan he's acting the same just troublemaking funny kid you know by the time when he hit junior high school that kind of crazy passion for fun time mm-hmm. it was all god, yeah. it's all serious business and I, I didn't even recognize the kid it's almost as though he got beat down by society mm-hmm. to act this way because they tell them like this is a does everyone have a little social borders? You can't cross that line, you have to behave this way, you know. Interesting enough, I live in Sweden for last two months. There's a thing called unwritten rules about the Swedish people. Mm-hmm. The law of and and, and and I don't quite exactly about every rule, but basically the, some of the rules are like, you're not better than anyone. Don't uh, boast your success. You're not better than everyone else. You should be like everyone else. On one level, when you have a national emergency, it's great. Japanese will team up as one group to help each other. But I wonder if you're afraid of making everyone feel bad because you're better than them, because you're good at something. Mm -hmm. Because many of my Japanese friends who learn to speak English really well, when they go back to Japan on purpose, they speak Japanese really, I mean English really bad. Oh, really? So they don't want to make everyone else who speak English feel bad because of their inability to speak well. I think the cost is you're preventing people who has a great talent something from express um, expressing their greatness, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're always afraid like people think you're better than them.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't see I don't see that way at all. Like um, Jennifer Lawrence, great actress, good for her. Yeah, Michael Jordan, greatest uh, basketball players, or um, Einstein. Can you imagine if Einstein grew up in Japan? Like you shouldn't question this new theory, that this crazy new idea that you're mm. telling people you're not better than them. I think we have human progress in the world because these individuals did something different, right? Yeah. I think that's the cost of Japan, like you're preventing people from being
1: great. I completely agree, and especially if that's really sad to me. It really is. And do, do you know what? <coughs> so I keep coughing. Um, even even worse than that, I had. In, my, uh, in one of my classes, there was this girl, um, Idy, and she she was really, really clever, like she was really clever, but she dyed her hair. She she wanted her hair light like brown. Sure. And my first lesson with her, she, I mean, she was quite loud, to be honest, I saw a little of myself in her. I mean, I was quite bratty and I was quite loud and stuff like that, a bit mouthy. Um, and she was like this in the class, and I said to the teacher, "Hey, what's up with her?" And she was like, "Oh no, you know, she doesn't. She doesn't cooperate. Don't even talk to her. Don't don't waste your time on sure. her." So I did the exact opposite, and I kept on talking to her. And she was really clever. And I said to her, "You know, you, you're not dumb. You know this stuff." And when I spoke to her and said, "Hey, do you know the answer to this question?" She always knew yeah. knew it. If people like her, I because she doesn't. She had absolutely no. What did
0: they call kuchigai? Uh, I, Japanese were crazy
1: they didn't call her crazy um, they, they they just said that you know yeah she was she was carter She she was just different yeah um, and I think that if people like her are nurtured she would be a, a game-changer in Japan she would Absolutely. you know her ideas were completely you know and she had no regard for Japanese culture and Japanese etiquette and what you know all that kind of stuff um, and I told her, I said, you know what, you're you're 13. When I was 13, I bleached my hair, and I, yes. have a hair, I had my hair permed as well. And you know what, my mum did that to me, and I still went to university, and I'm still a sure. teacher. And she couldn't believe that somebody who dyed their hair could become a teacher. And I think that's just ridiculous.
0: And I couldn't imagine. It must have been hard for her, because she, she's not, a, I'm sure I haven't met this person, no. but... She's self-aware. People are saying stuff like that. Yeah, course, about her, course.
1: and it just makes her worse. If you, mm-hmm. if if you hear someone talk about you in a bad way, then you're just going to carry on with that. You know, i people. do you change? Me.
0: Like them, or you isolate yourself? You you know, just stick with your guns again. Exactly.
1: And I really hope that Japan changes so that in America, isn't it? Uh, you say no kid left gets left behind. Yeah. Is that right? And I I think. Japan really ought to, um, you know, take on this kind of way of thinking in education because they could create so many more sure. amazing, amazing people in their society if they did so.
0: That's that's why I think it's. Um, I I I've met a lot of these kids, Japanese kids living overseas. They're always, uh, not all of them, but trepidation when they go back because, mm-hmm. you know, what they say, "Ikua uh, yo yeah, which is it's fun to go
1: overseas.
0: I'm paraphrasing. It's okay. It's fun to go overseas when it comes time for you to come home you're worried because you change and when you go back to japan they notice the change this could be a problem for you either they think you are better than them or if you if they think you're different they're not going to include you in the group and this is a big thing mm-hmm. in japan being part of the group is the very important thing oh yeah and if you're not it, it's it's not fun because you know that word Ichime, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. How would you explain that word to a uh, non-Japanese?
1: Ichime is just like bullying, I guess, or just...
0: I got that when I was a kid. and um, um, I don't even, even know how to say it in Japanese, but you know the nail that stick out must hammered be hammered in. Be
1: hammered down, yeah. Yeah.
0: So if you literally stick out this Japanese society of abrogation put you back where you belong to mm-hmm. be sin like everyone else I'm, I'm literally stuck out because I was so tall mm-hmm. and obviously my mother's I think they Korean so I didn't quite act like a Japanese kid so mm-hmm. um for a couple of years every day I got beat up you know my gosh and that's a kind of common thing but my my solution to it was very mm-hmm. different I lived in a bad neighborhood and there's Yakuza guys so one one of the guys saw me crying and uh, he said, if I see you crying one more time, I'm going to kill you. Well, mm. that changed my attitude. He just told me, if you get into a fight, you don't fight the five of them. You pick one of them and beat that kid as much as you can. Yeah. It'll make the rest of the kids think twice. Well, I did it's that. That's pretty good advice. Yeah, it worked. They stopped picking on me. But after that, that kid acted like it was a victim of the whole thing too. Mm. But, um, yeah, they, 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 they pick on you. And I, going back to that show that, that I think you and I like, QI, quite oh, yeah. interesting. That show does not give you multiple choice. Uh, the charm of the show is that even if you have the wrong answer, mm-hmm. if you give clever answer to tough question, yeah. you you get kind of rewarded for that. Exactly. And I don't think Japanese kids are able to do that, mm-hmm. or at least they're not encouraged to do that.
1: They, they. I mean, I imagine if an average Japanese person was on that show and they were asked the question, they would always give the obvious, you know, the incorrect answer, and even if you could explain that a different one is correct. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the one that they've studied and so it must be correct. That's the kind of way of thinking. Um, but it would be quite interesting. I mean Japanese people love have you ever seen the show Torubiya no Izumi, the fountain of trivia? No, I never heard that one. I actually I did a blog post recently about it, like comparing QI and the show. Okay. It's quite interesting. Um what they there's a load of like talent or like uh, T V personalities. Sure and they're shown a clip or they're given a statement like uh, dogs don't care about their owners and if they're interested they'll go eh, and they have this buzzer in front of them this big button and they'll go eh, and tap it and then they're shown a video that proves that this is true and then at the end of it they'll be like eh, and keep tapping on this on this button um, and I think it's very similar to QI. Uh, it's just that they're not asked for the answer. I see. Um, and a lot of, um, you know, I think this is a very good way for Japan to see, or the Japanese viewer to see, the outside world as well, because they have a lot of foreign segments in it. And a lot of the stuff is really, really interesting. I think it's a really great TV show to show Japanese people the real kind of. Foreign countries,
0: you know. I I mean Japanese people are very smart, clever groups. Oh people. yeah, of course. It it just I don't know, it's a combination of shy and not sticking out mm-hmm. and being a problem for the rest of the group. That's mm. that's that's what's preventing them from doing that. Um can i can we can I pause? I gotta use sure, the bathroom. Sure. Alright, we're we're back from bathroom. <laughs> um so when you when you were um teaching But at the end of it, when you were stopped teaching, did Mm -hmm. you what did you learn about the Japanese kids?
1: Oh, god, so much. I learned, um, I I went into that school having hardly any knowledge about what the school was going to be like or Mm -hmm. education in Japan. Um,
0: is it anything similar to the English system? Oh,
1: god, no, no, completely different. Okay, um, I was. I I trained for that job. That was the job I always always wanted to do, um, okay. and I was kind of upset because I I wasn't allowed to properly teach a class. It was always a Japanese teacher, um, and then I would be given like maybe a fifteen minute slot where I'd play a game, and I felt like I was kind of a clown. Um, Wait, that was the case
0: for the whole time you were teaching. Oh yeah,
1: whole time. I would. I'd so there's a,
0: there's two teachers in the room.
1: Yep. Okay. so because what do you, you The foreign said, teacher is mm. it's, it's illegal for the foreign teacher to, st- to be in the classroom without, the, without supervision um, even
0: though you're teaching e- English
1: even though I teach in English. Okay. Well that's that's the thing because I teach in English okay. and they don't teach English in English. they teach it in Japanese and that's why Japanese people are very good at grammar but they're not very good at speaking or listening.
0: Uh, and there's another reason too. What? a sole reason is they have to pass examinations Yes. You're not you're not being tested for your mm-hmm. ability for conversational skill. They don't give a shit about that. Yep. But something about conjugating this and that—all mm-hmm. these rules are necessary for you to get into the top colleges. Yep,
1: exactly. So there is
0: rational reason why they study English the way they do.
1: There is, but, but I mean, it makes no sense. It doesn't, and there's no
0: practical use at all. I'm
1: actually really interested in what's going to happen when the Olympics come around because I remember when the Olympics were in Beijing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, there are a lot of news stories of these Chinese people like being amazing at speaking all these different languages, and they'd studied. Um, you know, speaking uh, in lots of different languages purely to speak with different foreigners. And it'll be really interesting to see what Tokyo does because, you know, as we've said before, Japanese people are scared of speaking English. And so, you know, all these new foreign people coming into Tokyo and suddenly they're going to be asking people on the street, how do you get to this? How do you get to this other place? You know, they're going to need to be able to speak English. Um, and I am I'm really I'm genuinely really interested in see what kind of coping strategy they have for this uh,
0: um, I have a kind of interest I don't know if it's interesting but it's an interesting way for me to explain sure. about that um, So we had a, two very prominent Asian athletes in states one was Ichiro Suzuki I'm sure you're from, from oh, yeah. with him and um, I don't even know how to explain to him if you're not a baseball fan but he 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 had this freakish, hand-eye coordination and he was one of the fastest runner and he's an all-around amazing baseball player and he's, he's got this movie star looks too he's a really good looking guy too mm-hmm. in fact i remember watching him first 10 games in seattle because i used to live there and in seattle Mariners owned by obviously nintendo yeah um, they were kind enough to keep the team in seattle but um he's been living in the states since 2001 he still used translators we also had another Asian athlete named Yao Ming from China. Now, first year he had a translator, but within second and third, he starts speaking on his own. Why the big difference? I don't think Chinese, whether no disrespect to people in Korea and China and Japan, but genetically, they're really not a whole lot of different between us. Um, so, what, why does Yao Ming learn to speak English? I think Japanese have this habit of always trying to be a perfectionist. Mm. Yep. And the only way you're going to learn English is to make embarrassing... You make a lot of mistakes. Yep. And that's the only way. It's like almost someone who knows semi-able to tr- swim. Mm-hmm. You just throw somebody in the water. Of course, they're going to struggle, you know. But I think that's the only way for you to learn another language. Exactly. And Yao Ming was not afraid to make a mistake and be ridiculed and whatnot. You know, it just... But eventually, he learned to speak it. Mm-hmm. I think Ichiro is such a perfectionist. I mean, you could tell by the way he prepared for mm-hmm. baseball. Even if, if there's one thing of a percent of chance he might say something incorrectly, he'd rather have a translator than trying to speak it. Mm-hmm. But what I hear from all the baseball uh, people, that uh, he speaks very good English, but mm-hmm. he still refused to speak publicly, you know. So I think that it's great to try to do your best, but it, but that kind of almost like a pathological level trying to be perfect it's really hurting Mm -hmm. the Japanese because if you see a bunch of Korean and Chinese people they speak pretty good English Japanese are always afraid to do that it's hurting the country I think Mm -hmm.
1: I think so I must say in um, I mean I don't want to talk about Nintendo too much but um, it's quite nice to see um, uh, Shibata-san he does we have these different um, videos that we put out every now and then Mm -hmm. that showcase our new products um, and both um, whether they're from uh, the NOA side or the NOE side the Nintendo of Europe um, we have Shibata-san and he will speak in English and his English it's not the best in the world bless sure. him. He, but he's, he's been living here for quite a while now and he really does try and he his script is written by a sure. native person and it's just really great to see him putting himself out there and it's I have a lot of respect for him for doing that you know in complete opposite to Ichiro um, yeah and it's great
0: and, and I, I lived in Scandinavia and a couple of my friends said the like, why don't you move here well I told them like well even if I want to I'm, I'm not sure because <laughs> it's a beautiful place but wintertime time it's so dark oh, yeah. it, it makes me moody that's the only mm-hmm. that's the only thing I didn't like about Scandinavia but but I also told them but for me to live in this country without not knowing the language, and I'm 44, you know, I think, but they told me, oh, no, as long as you speak English, it, it shouldn't be a problem. Mm. And this is one thing I I tell people, like, as long as you, if you try to speak English, yeah. I think that's all the people ever mm.
1: uh,
0: expect from you. If you're trying, then there's no shame in it. I, I just think Japanese people just, As as much money they're spending on learning English, they're really afraid to use it.
1: Mm -hmm. I always I I run a Japanese um, English exchange group every Sunday. Actually, we meet in a cafe and we speak half the time in English, half the time in Japanese. Yeah, I, I don't I don't talk about it so much on the blog, I guess. Um, So there are
0: Japanese natives living here?
1: Yes, oh, so many. Like I think Dusseldorf has the highest uh, population of Japanese people in Germany. Oh, there's so many Japanese companies there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Frankfurt is a very near second. Um, And I always have native Japanese speakers. Um, I don't run the the group if there are no native speakers there. Um, And there's a handful of English-speaking people. There's Mm -hmm. myself, a couple of other English people, some Spanish people, German people um but they want to learn japanese yeah everyone speaks japanese at least a little bit and i say there's one girl my uh, a dutch friend i have and i say to her you know you should come along she she only speaks you know what day of the week is it yes it's monday that kind of level but i say you've got to come and just give it a go and i keep asking her questions and stuff like that and i say to my japanese friends as well i give really good examples of when i've completely messed up in japanese like i don't know uh ninjin it means carrot but ninshin is pregnancy so yeah. if you ask for you know your rice to have some pregnancy in it sure. like that kind of thing um and they laugh about it and i'm like you know i've made so many mistakes my japanese even now isn't you know isn't perfect i wouldn't call it a native level it means you know, barely fluent um so i always like to give really good examples for them of, of places where I've messed up and say if you mess up I'm not going to laugh at you it's completely fine and you can ask me all the questions you sure. want and they do it's really great I have some really really great people um, there it's really but,
0: but what's the, the, the Japanese people's do they, do they
1: actually still show up on Sundays? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I don't, like I said, I don't do it. It's, it's a Facebook group, so I know exactly mm. how many people are going to come. They are, in the beginning, it, we've been going a year now. In the beginning, there were a couple of times where no Japanese people showed up, and it was just me and mm. my Spanish friend, and we were sat in a cafe awkwardly speaking in Japanese to each other, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not cool with this. This just looks weird. Um, uh, But no, they're, they're really great, and... We have some people who've lived in Germany for 10 years or so. Um, I have a couple of people um, who've only been here a couple of months. There's a guy who's working here. He's waiting for his wife to come over. Um, and so you get a really, really great mix of people, and everyone is really willing to speak English, which is great.
0: Mm. I'm trying to figure out what, what other questions <laughs> Oh, oh, go go! go, go. Sorry, uh, you know this podcast never like stretch or like successive sin. Um, it's just all over the place. But um, the gender roles and sexism. So, do you think you face similar kind of sexism, or because you're a foreigner, you deal with different kinds of sexism? In Japan, you mean? yeah. That's
1: a good question. I think. I think just as a foreigner, you're completely removed from it anyway. I don't think... It's so it's not a
0: gender, it's more like a being a foreigner. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's way uh, bigger than being a woman, I think. Although some of my kids did, I mean, I went to Japan when I was uh, 23, mm. I was there two... Well, as working, I mean, and I was there for two years. And My kids did ask me if I was married, and when I said no, they'd be like, why not? And it's like, oh, these are the
0: kids asking you? Right? Yeah, the kids yeah. would
1: ask me. I mean, I'm sure the adults would ask me if I if they, uh, you know, if they felt that they could ask me.
0: Mm.
1: But um, I was like, I'm 23, you know, and you don't have to be married so soon. Um, but no, I didn't really have that much sexism. I think as a white woman, um, it's kind of hard in Japan anyway. It's hard to make friends. If you're a white guy in Japan, everyone's your best friend, and there are quite a few American lads there. Um, and uh, they, they would go to the bar and be surrounded by women and men wanting to ask them lots of things. So, mm.
0: I, I don't have a statistic to back that up, but that just seems so obvious. Like you see a lot of white guys with Japanese girls. Yeah. You see a lot of black guys with mm-hmm. uh, um, Japanese girls. Do you think it's because most uh, foreigners are not attractive to Japanese guys? Or Japanese guys just afraid to approach a foreigner?
1: I know loads of women who are crazily attracted to Japanese guys. Like, there are so many girls who are like, I want an Asian boyfriend. Um, But. Is that a recent
0: thing? Because I don't remember.
1: I don't, to be honest, I don't know because, like I said, when I was at university, I was the only girl in my class. Sure. Um, And so I didn't really have any girl to sort of. Bounce ideas off of. When I was at university over there, there was a French girl in my class, and she got a Japanese boyfriend. I had a Japanese boyfriend too, um, but I mean, neither of us was sort of really, you know, we must have a Japanese boyfriend because that's what we want. Sure. And. Um, I mean, I did, uh, like I said, I when I did the exchange when I was thirteen, I really, you know, I had a crush on this guy, and sure. I'd never met any Japanese guys before. But I mean, he was he was really nice anyway. It wasn't because. I uh, had a fetish or anything for yeah. a certain person. I think all along I've always been, like, um, you know, date a person for who they are and what they are. Even when I was young, I, I had this, you know, way mm. of thinking.
0: Um, I'm always trying to figure out, because it's thing to date, but, like, to date ever think about long-term, like, want to marry that person? Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, the guy that I dated when I was at university, I... I we were seriously thinking about living, you know, forever together and whatnot. I mean, we were still very, very young, and sure um, but I would have done. I would, I would have done with him. I think
0: because my um, my uh, uncle, <laughs> my uncle, he was so mad when his daughter married a Spanish guy. She lives oh, really? in the north of Barcelona, and my other cousin, um, obviously, is ethnically Korean, but he doesn't know anything about Korea. He was born in Japan. He has a Japanese name. Speaks Japanese. But the girl that he ended up marrying is Japanese girl, and <laughs> the wedding picture—it was so obvious that Japanese girl's dad was so unhappy about the Really? Whole yeah, and then like, to me, like, well, I mean, I can't even tell. Like, yeah, I, I know he's Korean because I'm his cousin, but if I didn't know the guy, how? how I don't. know Why would you make it such a big thing? But it's such a big thing over there mm-hmm. in Korea. It's such a big deal. Like, you don't marry somebody with a certain. Blood type and
1: shit Mm -hmm. like that. I think that's true in Japan too. Um, I'm. I think this whole like bloodline thing is a lot stronger in Korea than it is in Japan. Mm -hmm. I certainly. I don't know whether I just got lucky. I've dated two Japanese guys, and I was very lucky with them both. Um, uh, the guy I dated at university, I met his family, and they were super super nice. The guy I dated when I was working over there, it was quite an interesting story. Um. He kind of tricked me into meeting his family because I know that when you meet the family in Japan, it means, you know, things are really serious and there's going to be wedding bells somewhere in the future. And he said, oh yeah, my brother's in town. Do you want to go for a meal with him? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. It's just his brother. It's no big deal. Um, And I got in the car with him. We turned up and his whole family was there, like his parents were there. And his dad was like this real skinhead, kind of, you know, a little bit scary looking guy. And... I didn't know that his whole family were gonna be there. It was so so awkward. But they were they were shocked and they didn't know that he was dating a foreigner and they just it was obviously really hard for them, but they accepted it. And actually like we broke it, it, it wasn't like
0: a hostile thing, right?
1: N- no, I wasn't happy about it. We had a bit of an argument about it afterwards because I was like, you know, I wasn't comfortable doing that. But he
0: shouldn't, he shouldn't have surprised you like that. He
1: shouldn't have. But uh, he,
0: should, he should have told you before. I mean.
1: Yeah, I think he knew that I would have said no otherwise. Uh, but I mean, his. Uh, we broke up a little bit later, a couple of months later, because I realised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when when you're a foreigner, when you're an expat, you sometimes you feel so lonely and I really thought and I did I felt so so lonely and I thought if I get a boyfriend then I will feel less lonely and I realized after a while I was really dating him because I felt lonely and yeah. not because he, he was an amazing guy really really great right. guy but I wasn't dating him for the right reasons and it wasn't fair on him So we broke up, and a couple of months later, I got an email from him, and he said, "My mum's in hospital; she has cancer, and she's asking for you." What? Yeah. So I was like, "Well, this is awkward." So I went to the hospital. You'll give me the cancer? No, no, no. They didn't. She didn't say that. She. I I walked into the room, and there was him, and there was his brother, and it was really awkward because we hadn't seen each other in a little while and stuff like that. And his mum, she had brain cancer and she was talking oh, like Jesus. a baby. She was kind of rocking around and yeah. talking absolute nonsense. And I was like, I don't I don't know what you expect of me. I don't really know. And suddenly she just s- snapped into like normal way of thinking, yeah. looked over to me, pulled me over, held my hand. And she said to me, the only clear sentence she said that whole day, my son has cried so much since you broke up with him. I want you to marry him. It's, it's my dying wish that you marry my son. And I was like... Oh my god! I'm kind of. Did, did he know that she was going to say that? She, I don't know if he knew that she was going to say that, but he was stood right next to me, and everyone was freaking out, going, "Oh, don't, don't, don't! You know, put that pressure on her." And I was yeah. like, "Oh, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to marry your son, but thing is, I'm moving to Germany in a few weeks' time, and mm-hmm. kind of can't. I'm, you know, I have a new job and stuff like that." And she says, "Promise me, promise me," and I had to prom, I couldn't do anything, and I feel really horrible for it. Um, And he he was he was amazing, but you can't date someone just because you feel sorry for them or because their mum died or because Um, you know um, It was really really awkward, but I mean, you know that just shows Even people who live in the countryside and have never seen a foreigner before and have had all this media pumped into their brain You know she still Really wanted me to be part of her family as well.
0: Yeah, I, I find that too. I think I think Set in is prejudice and racism stuff like that, but quite often, it's usually because people say stuff about certain groups of people that they don't know nothing exactly,
1: about. Exactly, exactly. It's mostly
0: if you know a lot and you have a <coughs> bad experience, then okay, yeah. You know.
1: The guy I dated at uni actually, who is quite interesting, he would always say really horrible things about uh, Korean people, um, as is common between the two countries, I guess. Sure. Um, and he had never met a Korean person before and I was really really close friends with the Korean girls at my university and we all went out for drinks this one time and on the way home he was like you know what I've met Korean people now and they're actually okay they're not like losers and they're not really he would say awful things like oh Korean people's brains are much smaller than Japanese people's brains which means they're dumber and stuff and he was like you've completely changed the way I see them now because I've met them and I can see them for, for human beings
0: and, and and that's all you you need to do. And, of course. Um, but their fear of speaking English, I think, is preventing them from them to get to know people.
1: Yeah, which is good. I mean, uh, you know, there are so many intercultural relationships in Japan these days that you know there are more chances to speak to mm-hmm. foreigners. I was very lucky. I had um, I made friends with this Japanese guy, um, and I was invited to his wedding. Um, and It was quite interesting. A lot of people saw me as part of the in-group And so they felt like they could come up and talk to me and so sure. and he had said hey My English friends coming and she speaks really good Japanese so you can just talk to her normally and stuff like that and I it felt it was probably the only time in Japan where I felt part of the in-group at this wedding. Yeah um, And so people are you know, there are more foreigners in there in Japan um, and people have more chance to speak to them I think and I, ho- I hope it does get better because I mean I do love Japan there are a lot of parts of it that I don't agree with and a lot of parts with it sure. that I I mean I couldn't probably live there again
0: I and I don't want to give an impression like there aren't Japanese people who speak English fluent and whatnot but quite often what happened to them is they leave the country Yeah, of a, So this is the brain drain to Japan experience. There are many talented people They ended up coming to North North America mm. in Europe, you know,
1: I often find as well that they are um, you know, you get uh, like a young Japanese girl and she'll date a foreign guy and then she'll move abroad and she'll get at English. Maybe they'll split up or something or something happens and she comes back to Japan. Sure. And her skills aren't used and these kind of women end up um, creating eikaiwa, like after school English clubs and stuff like that. Sure. And I know so many really great career women and business women who have amazing English skills. And they're they're sort of I mean I'm not saying that running English schools is a waste of time, but they are their skills are kind of wasted speaking to four-year-olds. Oh, i know exactly what
0: you're saying. Yeah. Um.
1: Instead, they could be working at like Yakuten like or something like that and being, you know, because you know Rakuten, uh, Rakuten or Rakuten, I don't know whichever you prefer, in their offices now the office language is english and even in the canteens all the menus and stuff are in english and she could be working in a place like that you know helping them helping people like that promote their business and stuff like that um yeah, i think it's a real shame
0: i, I think this is a value of uh, people in uh, management and leadership in politics you know because it, it just never occurred to them mm-hmm. that you're under utilizing human capital mm-hmm. there's a very talented women over there it's, it's mm-hmm. not like i'm a bleeding heart but i know when you look at places like israel and scandinavians mm-hmm. where they're especially in israel with military stuff women fight you know mm-hmm. and i think when you look at rest of the country surrounding israel all these muslim countries they're denying half of their population opportunity and talent to mm-hmm. you know i mean how, how, how how does that benefit you? You know, you should you should try to maximize everyone's talent. Yeah. And um, I, I bet you there's many talented Japanese women who could be a startup for business or you know acting or music, whatnot. Yeah. But they just pretend like they don't have those talents, mm-hmm. you know. So I think I think that just me in that country. And um, if you make it tough for women to have a career after getting married well why would they get married yeah you know so it, you know we already discussed like the whole population dropping in states they i mean japan they have to ask tough questions either they make environment favorable for women and, and japanese men to act in the way that uh, want to uh, persuade women to get married and have kids mm. or they have to bring foreigners come to their country yep. that's just not most realistic solution they're mm. just I, I just think Japanese are a little xenophobic. Mm. They're just afraid that China, com, com, country might change too much. You know.
1: They, um, I, I think they would be more in favor of bringing in foreign people. Foreign, like American men, for example, yeah. would be a good um, target audience for them. Um, but I remember seeing a lot on TV. There are a lot of news segments, like in morning, like morning TV type things, sure. where they would go to career fairs and. See say and meet foreigners who could speak amazing Japanese and they say like what kind of job you want they'll be like oh I want to work in a business in Japan and the kind of feel of the segment would always be look at these foreigners they're coming in taking our jobs you need to be better because you need because these foreigners will take your job away from you right Um, and there is a kind of like fear like that as well I think but I, I mean I do they would bring in foreigners way quicker than they would bring in more women I think
0: or change their attitude so mm. women be more pro. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think that's changing. I mean.
1: But I do. I mean, you've got to see it from the other side as well. Do women want to have jobs like this? Mm. I know from my experience at the university in, in Nagoya that the women didn't want to have jobs like that. They wanted to be uh, hostesses and good wives. Like that That's what they wanted to be. Maybe they wanted to be like... Um, I think... There was like an anime or a manga or something a couple of years ago about a cake shop, like a woman who who baked cakes and so okay. and Wanting to be um, a, a baker is quite a common thing with girls as well right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, d- I you know you can't force them as well if they want to no. just be stay-at-home mums. And to be fair, like you know that's a pr- pretty big job in itself. It's not to say that they have it easy. Well
0: did you follow this I forgot this girl's mm-hmm. name but she's like Miss Japan or she's a, one of the beauty queen and um, um, she got in trouble because she did the right thing one of these talent management mm-hmm. company which run by mob they tried to sign her she refused so because of that they're trying to blacklist her it's a big news in Japan oh, and, really yeah yeah. and I, I, I praise her for to have the courage to say no to these guys mm-hmm. because a lot of these talent agencies they really take control of your oh, life and yeah. make you all sorts of weird creepy shit this is in korea too and china mm. too you know so
1: it's really it's interesting um do you know the group AKB48?
0: Yes, they're a bunch of young uh, Japanese girls.
1: Yeah, right? exactly. And when they how do, many of them, like four? There's more than forty-eight. I think yeah. I think there's about sixty of them. I, I'm quite embarrassed to know facts yeah. about them. It's quite but there's like in like
0: a morning new TV show. And they're there singing and dancing. Yeah,
1: of and, course. And, but they're completely they're really really strictly controlled. And um, I and don't. They're easily
0: replaced too. Oh them.
1: yeah, so easily replaced. Um, I remember last year, um, one of the older girls, maybe she's 17 or so, um, she was caught leaving the house of her boyfriend and they're not allowed to have boyfriends. And, as,
0: and I think she got fired for that, right? No,
1: she didn't. Even worse, she had to shave her head. Uh, and Oh, that's right! Yeah, do you remember? there was a, like, And she, she tearfully apologized to everyone. Exactly. And it's sort of shaming you into following the rules. There was another girl, I don't know if it was one year previous to that, um, I can't remember what she did. Perhaps it's something similar that like she had a boyfriend and she was. Um, she had to apologize publicly, and then as punishment, she had to run the Tokyo marathon. And she did. She did it. And I mean, running marathons is no small feat, and it takes a lot of training and stuff.
0: But but this kind of stuff, when I hear it, it just drives me crazy. Like she's seventeen. She's supposed to date. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this. Well, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as like Italy, where I've just come from, because some of those guys actually believe women are either virgin married or whores. Like, what, why that too extreme? But in Japan, they have this like, I, I think for whatever reason, and I don't quite understand, maybe you could explain it to me, but Japanese men do not like sexy women. They like Hawaii. Mm. They like cute girls. So, they rather have, oddly, they prefer probably girls that look like Jennifer Aniston, not Angelina Jolie.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know why. I would hazard a guess, perhaps. You know, they—if you date a girl who looks much younger and acts much, much younger, then she'd be easier to control. Exactly, um, or make you feel more like a man, for example. And perhaps this goes back to why Western girls aren't so popular. You know, we're outspoken and independent, uh, independent mm-hmm. and stuff, and we wouldn't make very good wives. We, are not controllable.
0: It's—it's it's amazing because it hasn't really changed in Japan you know when it comes to that sort of thing yeah um, but um, I, I don't want to just keep bashing on Japan there, <laughs> no. there, there are many wonderful things the food is great people are nice um, it's very safe and um, I guess I guess I see it so much of the bullshit on the side that most people mm. don't see—that's my hesitancy. But I, I yes. do miss it. I do miss you hanging out in Japan, and
1: you know. I I miss it a lot. I, like like I was saying earlier, I I really missed my town the other day, and I kind of took a little trip on Google Maps and was walking around. Mm. And, um, I miss it. I, I miss my friends there. I have a lot of. I have like what I call my Japanese mum, and she always sends me emails and stuff like sure. that. And.
0: It's, how, how long has it been since you've been back to Japan?
1: Um, I surprised my a year after I left. I surprised my school by going back for their graduation day, and oh. I, I didn't tell anyone I was going to go. Um, and my Japanese mum sorted it out, um, and I just turned up and it was like surprise, and they're all you know, all the kids were really happy and stuff like that. Um, but that was a year and a half ago, or maybe even two years ago now. I see. Yeah. I would I would really like to go uh, home go back there uh, this year Um, but if I mean I'm leaving Germany hopefully this year and I would like to go in the tourism business and if I'm going to be this kind of Japanese specialist Mm -hmm. in a tourism company then they quite often send you on two three week educational visits so if somebody else is going to pay for me to go I'm not going to spend like a thousand euros going on my own dollar for
0: sure Did, did we talk about class system in Japan? Did you notice that? Or do you think there is a class system over there?
1: I didn't really notice it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you definitely feel it in England.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's I was trying to explain to who was it? Was it a German person? Yeah. My my flat do you,
0: you don't have it here, do you, in Germany?
1: Um, No, I don't think so. My flatmates have got all, they all work in a very similar like uh, foreign development kind of area. And if you're to do that in Britain, you for sure, I think, need to have been to a private school and you need need to have the right name and the right background, the right family to do that kind Mm. of like government work like that. Um, And I was saying to them, I would love to do that kind of job, but I don't think, um, I mean, I, I come from a good family, but... I wasn't privately educated and I don't think I have the credentials to be able to, you know, go into that kind of line of work. God,
0: that's, that's such a weird, it's so weird to me.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: when, you, when you go to places like Silicon Valley, which is Northern California, you know, between San Francisco and South all the way to San Jose, um, in places like that, unlike New York City, where you have some dress code for those fancy restaurants, mm-hmm. you know, one of those Michelin star restaurants especially in Silicon Valley they're not going to do that because you know Mark Zuckerberg who owns Facebook he dressed like with hoodies and just yeah. jeans but he's one of the richest men in the world
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're not going to treat people like that and and that's such a new money thing mm-hmm. you know um, but in England
1: it's not about the way you dress it's it's more the, the biggest thing I would say is about accent I mean I say luckily it's, it's a really unfortunate um, situation that this is still you know a big issue but I have an accent that's um, you know if I go into an interview it's going to give a good impression it's going to make me seem like I'm an intelligent person mm-hmm. whereas if I have uh, an accent from Liverpool a L- Liverpudlian accent or maybe even a Geordie accent from Newcastle going into the same interview then they may be judged on the accent more than what they're saying and it is really sad. It's, it's
0: not just the uh, accent in, the, in everywhere in London. There's a specific kind. You, even in the London, right? Like, mm-hmm. Co- isn't Cockney in part of London?
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Cockney. And Cock- I don't know what that is. The Cockney accent. Uh, Cockney isn't a place. It's it's an accent, and it's usually um, I would say uh, like a, a I want to say a lower class accent, but that's not true these days. There are a lot of um, you know. Um,
0: What's that area? East End. That's the East rough. East End. That's the rough area. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Exactly. Um, but the truth is that everywhere in London is so expensive to live in these days that if you're living in London, you've got to be making quite a bit of money. I see. Whether you're in the East End or West End or wherever you are.
0: But what's the proper English the upper class speak?
1: Uh, you can say the Queen's English, or you can, is sometimes called received pronunciation. Um, see, uh,
0: if you were to... Sh- Introduce me to somebody who speak that, and you speak. I, I don't. I don't know if I could tell the difference.
1: I speak Received pronunciation. Oh, you so, do. Yeah, um, because I'm from the countryside. Sometimes, depending on who I'm speaking to, it does change a little bit. Like Uh, when you're angry? No, like if I, (laughs) when I, uh, when I Skype my parents, I usually do it in the hallway on the table and my flatmates say that my accent completely changes when I'm speaking to my mum. Sure. Um, Or if I'm, if I've been back home for a little bit, I find when I'm speaking at work, um, I have a lot more of a neutral accent. Um, But my accent right now speaking to you is quite received pronunciation, I think.
0: Because, you know Mm Osaka-ben, so I'm from Japan, so basically that's like the Brooklyn accent of Japan. So a lot of comedians speak that language, but I don't think that's... I don't think you want to speak Osaka-ben if you're trying to work in top-notch corporate surroundings. It's just, just, um, that's the language the Yakuza use, you know, Mm. so...
1: At the university I was at, at the girls' university, they would teach us correct pronunciation, mm because Nagoya also has quite a strong dialect. Um, Because I think the
0: proper one that people want to use is the one in Tokyo. Tokyo Yeah, Tokyo
1: dialect. And we would have (laughs) to stand up one by one and pronounce things, and they would get us to pronounce them in the proper way, like (laughs) Dehensha, Danger, Like that. Is that right? Uh-huh. They, they we'd spend hours and hours and hours one by one like reading out a sentence And we'd have to go home and practice it in the correct pronunciation
0: My aunt last time she saw me she just keep calling always called Kedamono <laughs> the beast, you know, like a savage <coughs> um, So what, what, what's your, um, you, you know, you, 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 you're thinking about maybe, you know, making transition mm-hmm. but um, What's, I mean Ideally, if you could pick anything, what would you rather do?
1: I don't know. Um, to be honest, the the uh, the whole job market in Britain is pretty tough right now. So, if I have a job that pays well enough to be able to give me the kind of lifestyle, because I mean, I'm giving up a very nice lifestyle here in Frankfurt. It's really easy to live in, and it's very safe here. Um, and I live in a really great apartment with is people. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really blessed here. Um, and so I would like to have a job that would give me the same kind of luxuries back in England. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but but never mind
0: for a second. I mean, let's say you can't have any job in the world or mm-hmm. do anything that you want to do. What, what do you want to do?
1: I'm split. I'm, I'm 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 torn because it doesn't matter how
0: realistic or unrealistic if if you could do. Well, I think of
1: both it. of them are quite realistic. There's two there's two ways, and honestly, I don't know which way. I could stay in the gaming business, um, mm-hmm. and I've been. And you do like it? I love games, and I I do. Mm. Sometimes I think because I'm not nearly as geeky as some of my colleagues, and sometimes I feel kind of like I'm uh, very very different from the people I work with. And then sometimes I think, you know. I, I do spend a lot of time gaming, I don't sit in front of um, you know, a home console very sure. much, but I have spent a lot of my life gaming, um, and I do have a great knowledge, and so if I could stay in the gaming world it would be something I'd be very passionate about. But on the other hand, through my blog, I love writing about travel, you know, and, and for example I went to, this time last year I was in India by myself, I went to Goa which i mean it's not Oh let's talk about that. <laughs> oh okay, wait, wait, go. Let's talk, let's talk about that after that until Sure job. okay. Yeah. Um, but i i love giving people through my through my blog i love giving people advice um, you know you can go to India by yourself as a woman or like when I went to Istanbul my family weren't very happy with me going to because I really really wanted to go to Istanbul I want to go to Morocco you went by yourself right
0: Especially. well
1: I went I went with my boyfriend of the time, oh, okay. Um so it was okay in the end but I wanted to sort of report back to my readers and I have a lot of uh, girls who uh, like to travel as my readership um, and I wanted to say, you know, is it feasible for you to go by yourself? And in Istanbul, I did. I was groped, um, and if my boyfriend wasn't around, he, I, you know, men would kind of talk to me sometimes like that. Um,
0: Wait, but you were groped?
1: Yeah, outside the the Grand Bazaar, I was walking with my boyfriend. We're holding hands, um, and as um, we we're walking down, this guy came past. He just grabbed my ass, and I was so shocked that I would have I would have punched him. I would have done something. Um, but I was just so shocked that it happened because everything was so smooth sailing up until that point. So by the time I came what out What did you guys shock, do when he did that? What did what it was say?
0: What, what did you guys do? When what that?
1: did I do? I, I, I just did nothing. I He was already gone by the time oh, I'd Jesus. come out of shock. Um, and it's sort of... Um, yeah, I don't... I've been touch wood in my travels and stuff. I've been incredibly lucky. Um, and I've been... I've always been quite safe. Um, so, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. Sure. Have I
0: have I ever seen attractive women like those thoughts come?s I mean, naturally, attractive women, guys would think that you just don't do that. Yeah. And then it's just like so. He just so it wasn't like you guys were talking for a little bit. Mm-mm. Literally, he just walked by and just grabbed you and just run yeah. off.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I I have two little sisters. One's fifteen. One's seventeen. And the reason why my family didn't want me really to go to Turkey is because when they went there, they were stared at... Oh, yeah. They've been both to Turkey and to Morocco. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were stared at quite a lot, um, yes. and they didn't feel that it would be the kind of place that I would be okay going to, because they know that I travel a lot. But on the other hand, I mean, my dad's favorite country is in the world is India, and uh, so, much, oh. so much so that my little sister's name is India. And um, he was quite happy with me going to Goa. I mean, it's it's not that dangerous, I don't think. But what's,
0: your, what's the deal with your dad? Why did he go? I'm assuming he went there
1: when he was younger. Um, when he was about my uh, no younger than me, I guess he worked for Thomas Cook, uh, a travel uh, company in the UK. Oh. And so it runs in the family. It kind of does. So he he did a lot of traveling. He used deals through the company, and he mm-hmm. did a lot of traveling. And then he kind of. Um, he got to a certain point he's like right i'm gonna knuckle down so he joined the fire service instead um and had a family and and you know um so he had been to india once i think um Uh and then my family went a couple of times and he went with his my my uncle and my brother and they had this kind of boys adventure trip to india as well and yeah he just loves it and i can see why he loved it i had a bit of a hard time there um I think... Why did you
0: pick Goa out of all that? Because
1: it's the safest. It's the safest place, especially as a single female traveller. goes. was in
0: the last couple of years, there's been, like, rape and, oh, yeah. and like, gang rape and stuff like that.
1: I still think that a woman can go to Goa alone and be safe. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, there's not going to be rape mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um,
0: but, like, any... Like, anywhere else you go, you just got to do your homework and be smarter. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I mean, that's not to say that I didn't, I mean, I don't, I didn't like my trip to to Goa, I didn't, when people, when I came back and people said, did you have fun? I was like, well, it was an experience, it wasn't really fun. I had things like, um, as soon as I got there, uh, you have to, from Frankfurt, you have to um, change at Mumbai airport, and they kind of, it was you arrive in the middle of the night, something like 2 a.m., and your flight to goa is like at 10 a.m and so you have all that time Eight hours, dip, okay. yeah and you, you're not allowed in the airport until an hour before your flight so you're basically kicked out on the street at 2 a.m um, and so i really had my guard up and any every guy who came up to me they want to carry your suitcase for you because they want money yeah and guys would come up hey can i carry your suitcase i'd be like no no and i really had this guard up mm. um and so i wasn't myself anyway. Yeah. Um and I blame you though. Yeah. I th- I think you have I'm to I'm a guy in <laughs> the
0: same thing. Yeah.
1: Know. Um and things like I, I got a massage, like my mum had said that massage is there really, really good, so I went to this place behind um, a cafe that was listed in my guidebook. Um and it, in,
0: wait, Mumbai again?
1: Uh, no in Goa, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, and it was a guy giving me a massage, and that was kind of awkward. And then, like, he he kind of was massaging my, like, bum area, my mm-hmm. butt. And I wouldn't, I was ah. tensed up. I was like, I'm not happy with this. I don't know what to do. And sort of he could not say, relax, relax. And in the end, he got his wife to come. I don't think he was doing anything dodgy. But, I mean, things like that, if you're a girl on your own, it's yeah. a big deal. If you're a girl with your boyfriend or girl with a group of friends, it's not a big deal. But to me I mean was, if Brad
0: Pitt was doing that to you, I think you would be relaxed.
1: Well, I don't know. If well, I did, whoever it is. if I didn't invite yeah. him if I didn't invite him to touch my bum, then I'm probably, you know, it's gotta be consent there.
0: I I, I think when I look whenever I look at travel book, this is like um, I really have to think twice because mm. quite often when I get a travel book in the States, usually it's written for white traveller. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not saying it's going to be that dramatically different, but if I'm traveling to Russia and I think Asian people are, we're kind of bored in that Mm -hmm. part of the world. So as a woman traveler, even you prepare, you know.
1: That's why I love travel blogs. Mm -hmm. There's so many travel blogs of or expat blogs of women who are living in these places i did a lot of research about sure. istanbul before and so many females are living like american girls or british girls living there in istanbul um and they just paint such a fantastic picture of it that i knew that it was going to be okay for me to go there yeah um and that's why i mean i know that frankfurt isn't you know nobody's going to think that it's a dangerous place but i do put a lot of effort into saying you know it, it's if if even if you're here as a woman by yourself, it's still going to be fine because I know that people really value that kind of information. Yeah.
0: I, uh, you know, I think we're safe to say both supportive people traveling, but you have mm-hmm. to do your homework. That's the thing that oh, yeah. drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do anything and I complain because some countries, they don't. The, the servers don't speak English. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you just um, it will be nice, mm-hmm. but. Um, I have to say, when I was in Afghanistan, the staring thing, that's even worse in those parts. I yeah, and I think the problem is when you separate boys and girls from, from young age, the boys don't know how to mm. behave from the girls. They copy their brother, uncle, cousin, and grandfather, and they treat them like shit. Well, what? <laughs> well I, don't know. I don't even know why I'm left. but what, what do you expect these guys going to treat the women? Yep. They're going to copy, so the separation step is just, you know. So I'm not surprised that these crazy stuff are happening to women in India. I have friends from India and Pakistan, and mm-hmm. stuff like that do happen in Pakistan. You just don't care about it. Yeah, so, um, the
1: majority of guys in India were perfectly fine. Like, mm-hmm. if I was walking down to the beach or something, and a group of guys came along, they'd ask for my photo, mm-hmm. um, and I have no idea. Really? What yeah, you got so many times. And um, photo of, of yourself, or were together with him? T- together with the guys. Like, yeah. there'd be like four guys or something, and I'd have my photo with them, and I've no What's idea. What's that what about? They did. No idea. No idea. Or Make, they just
0: don't see white women.
1: Maybe. Um, I mean, there's enough white people around there. I mean, the place is, oh. the place is full of Germans and Russians. Is that right? Yes. so I, 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 I laugh because I keep going on holiday to escape German all the time. You're hearing German all the time. And um, I go to these countries, and there's just as many German people over there than there are here in Frankfurt. But
0: wow, interesting.
1: The Russians, I don't know why. I think it's... Um, they, they seem to be very big travellers right now. They're, mm-hmm. they're getting out and about in the world um, and as for Germans, I think there are certain parts of the world where they te- kind of go, like like British people go into Florida all the time and stuff like that. There's certain areas that German people like to go to.
0: I got a little bit of space, so let me throw a bunch of these quick questions. Go for it. Okay, so um, I have friends that want to teach English in Japan. And mm-hmm. Any. I know they could read the book and prepare it for, but in, yeah. in, is there things that you wish you would have known before you went to Japan?
1: Oh gosh, don't take your job seriously. If you want to be a real English oh, teacher, if you want to really be an English teacher, don't go to Japan. Like Stay and teach foreigners in your own country. Um, and if you want to go to Japan, then... Oh, wait, why, why? Because you're not a teacher. You're you're a dancing monkey. You you're uh-huh. not. Even if you work in an evening class where you are the sole teacher, then you're doing songs and dances and stuff like that you're not actually using the skills that you learn i did um half my degree was in t-cell teaching english to speakers of other languages sure. and since graduating i have not used very many of those skills and in japan when i tried to use those skills they always took it on as you know oh you're just a foreigner using your foreign methods this is japan this is how we do it but when
0: you, when you talk, to your, I'm sure you talked to your brother about his experience in teaching. It must be different from Japan, right? Oh,
1: I laughed when he told me that he was going to agree. He was, And I was like, oh, so you're going to be an English teacher? He was like, no, I'm going to be a maths teacher. Because he had a degree in uh, politics and economics. No, I'm going to be a maths teacher. And I laughed and I was like, to, to what age kids? Six-year-olds? No, you are going to be laughing, clapping, up and down, dancing, singing songs in English, you know. And he was like, no, no, I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach maths. And
0: what what, what was his experience in Korea?
1: Experience? um, He's only been there a couple of months, so I guess he hasn't. But, I mean, I was right. He he does do a lot of games and, you know, arts and crafts and speaking English with them. And, um, you know, you're not, it, it is a job, of course. You're doing something and you're getting paid for it, but you're not using proper English teaching skills or methods. But the way
0: they teach in Korea and Japan, do you think that's actually helping them to learn English?
1: I don't know. I can't speak for Korea because I don't really know very much. Okay. Um, I don't know. Sometimes in Japan, you do get lucky and you have a school that's really open to their foreign teachers and they really utilize them. But especially in junior high schools in Japan. If, if you go on like the JET program yeah. or Interact or any of those kinds of things, if you're in a junior high school, then you're going to be very, very restricted. If you're in a... In a um, in an elementary school in a primary school, then you you're going to be able to teach a few things, and same in a high school, you you're going to be given more freedom, but the chances are you're not going to use proper English teaching skills. Weird. Well, it's it's just you know it's like you said that it's a different system over there, and mm-hmm. they they're learning English to pass exams as opposed to to communicate with other people, and it's. Being an expat, you've got to learn not to. And I'm, I'm not saying that this is what you're doing right now, but you, you can't like look at something else and say that's wrong. You're doing it in a wrong way. You've got right. to think you're doing that in a different way. I and see. these are the reasons, you know.
0: Are you optimistic about Japan's future in general with the young people? Forget about the old people; they're not going to change, man.
1: By- I don't know. I uh, there are a lot of um, young mothers now who are. Um, you know, doing a lot of protests in Nagoya and Tokyo and stuff against the, uh, about one. the nuclear stuff. You know, um. like we don't want our children to grow up in a nuclear country, you know. Um, and I have hope for them. I don't think, I, if a tsunami that kills like, you know, 10,000 people can't change Japan, then I don't think Japan is going to be changing anytime soon. And it really made me sad the other day when I read that um, the government is putting a lot of pressure on the media not to say anything negative about the government and about tepco and stuff like that um, you know i know i know that in the west we have that too like the media only reports what the but government wants them too cozy. oh yeah oh yeah and i was really disappointed i thought that it, i if you would have replaced the word japan with the word china then i wouldn't have been surprised because that's the kind of thing you expect from yeah. that kind of culture but i really hoped that japan was a bit more mature than that but
0: i don't know in, you know when um, I remember this is f- very common but when you're when you're s- sick in, in the West North America or in you know European countries especially when you're elderly they will tell you like sir you have cancer or whatnot." Mm-hmm. you know um, Asia Japan for sure and China they don't tell the person what's going on they tell the family the mm-hmm. family will, the, the family will make a decision I, I, I think telling people the truth, especially when you're sick, mm. I think they have every right to hear that. Yeah. And I think they don't want to have the honest conversation. Then, could, First of all, if you don't even know you have a problem, and even if you do, if everyone don't want to talk about it, then how do they move on? Mm. And I think you know, Japanese economy has been stagnation for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really don't know. Um, I don't know what would change, except you know that Japanese word sure. gaiatsu.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How would you explain that for... Uh, it literally, guy. It literally means
1: hot. Like Atsu is in hot. Is that what you're on about?
0: Atsu. A guy means foreign. So it literally means foreign pressure. I see. And um, um so I think there's funny things. There, there's, I think there's a lot of Japanese people. know there's a problem in Japan. They're just so afraid coming out public and say we need to change. So I think sometimes Japanese people, or some Japanese people pretend like they're angry that foreigners are putting pressure, Mm -hmm. but I think privately they're glad somebody's actually putting pressure because I think that's the only way they could change, Mm. or or at least some other people in Japan believe that. Do
1: you know, I mean, this is slightly changing the subject, I guess. Mm -hmm. Instead of foreign people putting pressure on Japan, I would really like to see Japan putting pressure on their foreign image. Like... One thing, and I do blog about this a lot, I really get yeah. annoyed at the sort of, in the media, oh, look at this crazy thing that Japan has done, and oh, look at Oh, this I thing. remember
0: reading one of your blog, oh, something I, um... about Japanese people did perverted, perverted sexual...
1: Yeah, I know. mean, it's not true. It's just not true. And That's a very small percentage of people. Well, you say that, but like, you know, the, the example I gave in the post mm. was like, every year in Frankfurt, there's a Japanese film festival, and I happened to go to this... Uh, oh, I remember reading that. film yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it turned out to be really softcore porn and just there are so many amazing amazing japanese movies that they could have Absolutely. put out there why did they have to choose this softcore softcore soft core porn to promote japanese culture and the posters were all like i mean they weren't human they were kind of like teddy bears and stuff and they were lifting up their skirts to right. show or they had i don't know they were just everything was sexualized and Japan doesn't have to be sexualized. There's so many amazing parts of Japan that I would love to see Japan promote. And they're sort of doing, um, uh, what is it? They have like a kawaii ambassador right now. Yeah. Um, and they're promoting like AKB members are going abroad. like. What the
0: hell does AKB stand for? Do you know?
1: I Oh, Akihabara.
0: Oh, that's what it means?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have like Akihabara, and then you have SKE48, which is Sakai in Nagoya. And oh, that's fine, man. There's Namba, there's Namba one in for uh, Osaka. I can't remember what number it is, but it's NMB something something.
0: I grew up in Namba, that's the, like, the place that every kid's in well, that area. you got to start
1: listening to this music. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would really, really love for Japan to Part to of the problem is that Japanese really
0: it. don't complain stuff like that, you know. Mm. And, um, I'm kind of changing the subject, but you know know how Japanese people are polite? It's always Mm -hmm. every other word like sumimasen, sumimasen, which is like I am sorry, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, This part always makes me laugh, I shouldn't be laughing, but you know, South Korea, North Korea, and China, they're still angry about World War II, Mm -hmm. rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But the Japanese leadership cannot apologize. So I think it's so strange, like they could say sorry so easily Mm -hmm. day-to-day operation,
1: well, it would be, I mean, he went, uh, Abe, wasn't it, went to Yasukuni this year, the uh, the shrine that... Um,
0: to show respect to dead soldiers. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, things like this, they do seem to sort of put their middle finger up to Asia quite a lot, and it would be...
0: Do, would you explain to the listeners, it, it, it's a very sensitive issue because to Asian country outside of Japan, they're concerned and angry because... Um, because maybe to them Japanese hasn't completely repented for mm-hmm.
1: the
0: crimes they've committed during World War II, yeah. and they're also concerned that um, they might Japan might go back to the past military um, yeah. aggression again if they're showing disrespect. So, you know, just imagine if the German leaders go to um, the Nazi bunker or something mm-hmm. to show. Respect to the mm. SS and the Hitler and stuff you like that. You just wouldn't
1: have that.
0: You just won't do it. In fact, um, I, I give tremendous respect to German people because they have a, a tone and apologize. They educate their young about what happened during yeah. World War II. Japanese people did not do an adequate mm. job at all.
1: The other day, my flatmates were saying, um, I, I live with German
0: people. Um, German, Germans are spectacular. I have so many yeah. G- Jewish friends in the States, they said, They've gone beyond what they were asked of, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: when you walk around Frankfurt, by the way, Mm -hmm. have a look, keep an eye on the floor. If you see like a little gold plaque on the floor, it's um, it's uh, remembering a a Jewish person or maybe a Polish person or something who had lived in that place and was taken and killed in Auschwitz or one of the other concentration camps.
0: it, I don't know what, so there's a
1: little gold... About what? this size, probably, I don't know how big that is, like what, three inches mm-hmm. or something. A little gold square on the floor. and you, They Usually there'll be like two front or three of the, together. In front, front of the house? In front of a building. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. There's
1: quite a few. I mean, I noticed a couple the other day, actually, as I was walking. How there. did you find that out? Um, actually, I have a very good uh, blogger friend um, uh, called Stephen, and he blogs uh, just a couple of hours away from here and he did a blog post about it and I had never noticed it before and I started looking instead of looking ahead of me I started looking on the floor Um, and I've noticed a couple in Frankfurt Frankfurt wasn't such a big um, World War Two supporting town but certainly in Cologne um, and in other places like Bamberg who are nearby or maybe Heidelberg there are a lot of them. And if you just look on the floor, it's sort of it's nice that they do this. And mm. every time that they put um, uh, one of these plaques in, they get quite a few people c- gathering around. There's usually a musician, there's a counsellor to give a speech. Um, and it's a really big deal every time they put some, one of these in. And it's yeah. really nice that they're sort of saying, you know, they're saying, I'm sorry. Yes. And they're thinking about it and they're showing people you know this is what happened they're not covering it up um and in contrast to japan with the you know the prime minister going to this shrine that mm-hmm. thinks about war criminals i mean if he, if he wants to do that he should do it really quietly if he feels strong enough about it there are
0: other places they could go But there are that it, it's um, it's a calculated move because there are many right-wingers and mm-hmm. conservative people that uh, frustrated what happened and uh, their inability to um, say goodbye to uh, people who fought World War II, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so the politicians are doing it because of uh, for the vote and, you know, stay in position of power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, long-term, I mean, reality is Japan's going to rely, having a, they need to have a good relationship with China and Chinese mm-hmm economy is going to be big so I, I think they're doing it for short-term gain but long-term mm. I don't think they'll help Japan at all and then I think um, if, if you're going to tell people uh, every August 6th and ninth for Hiroshima and Nagasaki and say how tragic, terrible it was yeah. and, and it was tragic but you also have to tell young people why did Americans it wasn't like Americans randomly bombed mm-hmm. Japan there was a reason yeah. so it's, it's you know if you're going to say your own people suffer then you also have to tell people like you made other people suffer as well yeah.
1: and, and they I, don't do that they don't do that
0: and I, I, I think I think I feel bad for young Japanese when they travel overseas because they don't understand the hostile feeling they have for mm-hmm. them you know yes. it's because your parents or grandparents didn't do a good job yeah. explaining to you
1: when I told my uh, family when I was younger that I wanted to live in Japan and learn mm. Japanese my granddad who's passed away now he said he was very very much against me going to Japan he fought in World War Two. he he didn't fight he had a job where he would dig dig up shallow graves and bring the bodies back home and he would he would say oh you know those Japanese they're really cruel and they don't have any hearts and the things that they do is really sick yeah. and I do I do, when I was 18 he passed away and I do wonder what he thinks or, you know looking down on me having lived in Japan and now I live in yeah. Germany as well I'm quite <laughs> amused to think <laughs> I,
0: I, didn't, I, I didn't think <coughs> it that way but yeah yeah you know. so let me guess you go to Italy next
1: yeah I was just about to say that I should, you should go to Italy.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so that that, that that kind of stuff drives me crazy and I can't blame young people because they don't yeah. know they don't they, they're not really educated at that but having said that I also think when the Korean government and Chinese government get angry mm. it's it's because there there's some practical political reasons you yeah. know instead of solving their domestic problem it's always easy to say something bad about those traps, yeah. you know. so uh, there's a lot of nonsense going around too mm-hmm. but, you know there are Many of those Asian countries are fighting over islands, so
1: oh my gosh, yeah, it,
0: it look literally looks like the time little before World War One you know, and when every country's war arming up with weapons and stuff. Um, I have no idea what's going on, and happen.
1: bickering about, yeah, I, I do worry, I think it is really worrying. Um, and I think a military future in those countries is probably you know on the cards, it's um, that wouldn't be unlikely. It is really scary, and it's, it's a real shame because. Like we keep on saying it's it's a great country and Korea too. It's a really really great country and like it is They
0: benefit from having a better friendlier relationship. They would do.
1: They really know. really would too.
0: And um, um, So I, I you know, I'm not a politician, but I, I hope things get better. Um, let's jump to like uh, some trivial stuff and we could finish this. Go for it. Um, so what, what kind you must watch a bunch of different TV show in Japan. And mm-hmm. uh, what, what kind of stuff did the young Japanese girls like? Oh. Um, did they have their version like Six and a City" and girls?
1: They there was actually uh, you know the Hills. Yeah. Um, it's uh, the Hills is sort of like a, a scripted. You
0: in the mtv reality scripted show about kids living the home yeah, in hell, yeah right? exactly. yeah exactly
1: they they had a japanese version i'm not quite it started just as i was leaving it's called Shibura, uh, shibuya and um we're just
0: like district in tokyo and yeah a lot of fun you know
1: and i clothes. actually it's it, it was on a really it was on mtv again and it was on a really random time like midnight on a thursday and i stayed up to watch it and it was it was really bad. It was. It wasn't even. Um, was it bad in a good way? No, it wasn't. It, it sort of. You watch those shows to see the bitchiness. Yeah. And it wasn't even bitchy. It wasn't. They weren't. It was just like following a model and um, uh, a TV presenter and another girl and just following them around. And it was like this is really boring. It's kind of you know. It wasn't entertaining in the way, in the slightest. But there are the TV in Japan is completely different. I think it's you can't. Really I have to
0: say, some of the like shows in Japan is pretty innovative and crazy at the same oh, yeah. time, and it's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you could do some of those shows in the states. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna get sued.
1: Yeah, you know. There was this amazing show I used to love. It was on a Monday night, and I can't for the life of me remember the name of it. It was or something like witch something, and it was geared for uh, wives, like middle aged women and it would be like this woman would come on and you wouldn't see her and you'd find out her story and maybe she was really fat and ugly and then she did this one little thing like she ate kimchi for a month and then you know and they they would have a reenactment of her story of how she was fat and ugly and sad and then she did this thing and then there would be an amazing thing happen like she was mistaken for a, a high school girl or something like that and then they would slowly reveal her you'd see her feet first and then the door would come up and you'd see her body and everyone would be going wow and then you just get to her face and it would cut to a, a commercial break and you'd come back and you see this woman and this tv show it was trash it was real real trash but it was so good
0: wait wait so <coughs> they you talk about how much of a sad sex yeah, they were, mm-hmm. but they changed their life eventually became like a hot girl. Yeah, or something? yeah, exactly. Oh. And
1: I, it was really, um, I mean, you know, going back to the sort of way of thinking that everything in the media is is good to make you feel a certain way that that, that they want you to feel. Sure, this is making the Japanese people feel there is a hope. You yeah. have a, a sad life. You have something wrong in your life. All you need to do is eat bananas. For for three months, and then you can be happy too. Like there is a way out, um, and it was a pretty you know feel good show. It was kind of it was yeah. I really really like that show.
0: Um, did we talk about girls? Did you, do you like that show?
1: I do. I I am quite a fan.
0: Well, well, so tell me why you like it. Do you think Japanese girls would like that kind of show?
1: No, I don't think so. Ah. No, because um, I mean, girls, you see the the characters in such a raw light, you know. That's a nice
0: way to say it. some of them are not likeable.
1: No, they're, they're not likeable. I mean I think they are likeable in the way that they're not likeable, if that yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean I, I really relate to them all four of them Oh uh, wait wait no there's not four no there are the British girl as well all four of them I can relate to each of them in a different way sure and that wouldn't work in Japan because you want to promote an, an, an image of perfection like on Sex on the City for example or Friends that would be a lot more successful or
0: they all have to be like kawaii you know cute girls yeah, yeah. exactly yeah.
1: I mean there are there are the girls in Girls are Beautiful in you know in their own way, but they're not only probably one or two of them is you know as Stereotypically beautiful As society society would say
0: So like so, you know, you were internet hours watching those crazy TV show Japan, right? Yeah Did you like beat Takeshi going back to him? I?
1: I'm not I, I like his shows where he's sort of like, you know, on like it like a quiz show or something like that.
0: When you hit where this outrageous outfit, yeah, yeah, that
1: kind of thing. I wasn't a fan of uh, like Batsu games, like uh, forfeit games, like What's that? like you know. On I'm sure you've seen it on YouTube or something. On New Year's Eve, there's this show called Warate uh, Ikenai, like You Must Not Laugh.
0: Oh, yeah, and they get their balls smacked.
1: Exactly. So you're told not to do something, like you're in a library and you're told not to laugh, and okay. these things happen. And you have to laugh at them. And when they do laugh, like they someone will come and punch a giant
0: them. fan or something, bit them out over their head. Over exactly.
1: Their head. Someone will come and do something to hurt them. And I don't find that funny at all. And I don't... <laughs>
0: I have to admit, I do think it's funny. I,
1: it, it's, it's, but it's
0: very sadistic. Mm-hmm. That's a really Japanese thing. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I think... Um, I mean, we've talked a lot today about... Um, Comedy, because we, we both. Oh, I forgot, yeah, it. you do stand up comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I find it interesting. Americans tend to like slapstick a lot more, and that is very, very slapstick, whereas British people, um, you know, satire is what we live well, for. Well, you
0: have Mr. Oscar Wilde, so wit well, uh, and uh, yeah, I could I kind of understand. And uh, um, I, I I have to say, I, I British humor is really. It is very funny. Like Stephen Fry in QI. Well, mm-hmm. oh, he's got a lot of clever. Well, who's the other guy? Alan Davis? Mm-hmm. Man, he's always bought of the joke, but yeah. he's a really good nature and very funny. Ricky Gervais, I love. Um, you know, I like uh, Little Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I met both, both of those guys. Oh, in what? Yeah. No way. Uh, uh, very nice. And um, um, who, who, who am I? I mean, I I'm on the Python, of course. So, like, the,
1: these ones are very sort of. Um, I want to say mainstream, but they're not. Like, Little Britain is to a certain extent slapstick, I guess. It's very mm-hmm. visual and stuff like that. But on the other hand, you've got people like Jimmy Carr. Oh, yes. Do you like him? What do you think about him? Oh, I love
0: him. but Oh,
1: really? That's interesting because a lot of American people don't because he's sort of.
0: He does this joke. Um, he said that. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. He said like 90 to 95% of women, when they kiss, they close their eyes. Mm hmm. Uh, that's the reason why they can identify their rapist. He would do jokes like that, you know, and, <coughs> and he has this deadpan mm. delivery, but yeah. I think Jimmy Carter is very funny, but boy, he's, you know, I love that kind of humor, but most mm. Americans think that's a really dark, I also like, um, oh, Jesus, what's his name? Um, the guy who does Black Mirror series. Um, have you watched those Black Mirrors? Mm-mm. Um, it's by this uh, satirist, uh, comedian, but it's a great series. I mean, uh, unbelievable TV show. Um, they're not; they're series, but each show uh, are, are very unrelated from other stories. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's by a British um, humorist, and uh, it's, it's a great show. And uh, I forgot. I'm, I'm, I'm I even like that show. Um, What's that show? Those three British guys talk about cars all the time.
1: Oh, Top Gear. Oh, I
0: love that
1: show. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 a good show. Um, uh, Jeremy Clarkson, he's he's great. And thing is, he does he, be, he does
0: say p- do some politically incorrect. Oh like, yeah, yeah, totally. To say like uh, Mexicans are lazy. Yeah, and, you yeah. yeah. Know, this thing that, he yeah.
1: Do, he really does push the borders sometimes. Um, but I mean, he doesn't try to be funny. He's just B-
0: very blunt.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, totally.
0: And who's that um, British guy? He always not Ricky Gervais, but um, he's he's a he played this character, the radio uh, personality, but he's such an ass. Um, um, Radio
1: person, not um, not uh, Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge. Steve Coogan. Yes.
0: Hilarious.
1: You know, he's just got a new film out. I keep meaning to 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 watch it. Um, I can't remember the film, the name of it. Is something like Dad of the Year or something like that just before Christmas? He had a new film. Apparently, it's hilarious. I
0: I feel bad because a guy like him and Mr Bean and things like that—they mm. try to uh, make movies in the states, and then it doesn't. I I think they're tremendously talented. British people are very very funny, mm. you know. But for whatever reason, except for a guy like Ricky Gervais, a lot of them hasn't really translated comedy into mm. North America. I, yeah. don't, I, I don't know quite why. Maybe maybe. I don't want to say Americans are dumb, but maybe they're more intellectual already. I, I
1: think, think Ricky is a lot. I mean, I don't like him personally because I think he's very cocky and he's very arrogant. And I think that translates. Like in America, if you want to make it, you need to believe that you are the best. Yeah. Whereas British people are amazing at... Uh, Always trashing themselves. Yes, exactly. like, like the but other- that's a European thing, isn't it? I don't know, you know. Um, a German girl said to me the other day that she liked my top, and I was like, "Oh, you know, it was, it was only five euros." Like every time you say something good about a British person, they always kind of justify it. Um, and Japanese the
0: same
1: way. I guess so. Yeah. If you say like, you know, your mother's beautiful or something, we're always told in Japanese you should. Always oh, if you say, say no. your son's doing
0: really
1: yeah. Like oh. No, no, no. Or, or if they say like, oh, your Japanese is great. You're supposed to say, oh, no, it's not great so far. You know. But um, yeah, I think I think British comedians are aren't arrogant enough to make it in America, and that's probably why they fail quite a lot, and probably why uh, Russell Brand is quite. I mean, I wouldn't say he's popular I, in America. I
0: also, met, I also met him at the Tonight oh, Show. No way. He, he, he's uh, tr- so charming.
1: In, mm, uh, I bet. I mean, I like. He's coming to Frankfurt um, next month. Ne- uh, this month. No, it is. It's, it's March. Are you going to go to him? I wanted to. I have his DVDs of his previous ones, and I think he's really intelligent, and especially when he does jokes about linguistics, Mm. that's amazing. But this one, I I saw um, a clip of it from when he was doing it somewhere else, and it's very much... um, You know, he did this um, interview where he was talking about how you shouldn't vote, and he was talking about politics a lot. Yeah. And this... Tour this. The routine that he has is very much like that. He's talking about politics a lot, yeah. and it just feels like he's going to rant at us and talk politics at us instead of like making jokes. And I don't. Pretty, the tickets are pretty expensive. They're like you know seventy euro or something like that. Seventy. Mhm. I think I think it ranges from like fifty to fifty to eighty euro. Oh, it's hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not willing to pay that much to see him do that I, I appreciate him and I do like him as a person I know he's made a couple of wrong choices in his life and sometimes he's not that great to women but I think he is quite funny um, yeah I
0: thought I, I have to say I like Russell Brand and mm. I met him he was very couldn't be nicer but I, I thought it was really uh, mean that um, <laughs> he took he showed a picture of his former wife without a makeup one time when oh. they were getting divorced and like uh, you know, I, I think most women are pretty sensitive what they look like, mm. especially famous women. They yeah. want to make sure they take pictures with the makeup on, mm. you know. But, um, um, but he, I have to say, he was the only guy, you know, when I saw stand-up all these years. But I've never seen anything like that before. He was the only comedian I have ever seen where women, young, attractive women were throwing their panties at <laughs> I've never seen any other. I mean, it yeah. never happened with Press Rock, mm-hmm. unless I'm aware of yeah. Louis C.K., Eddie Murphy. I, I don't remember hearing that, but he's quite a. Uh, he's, he's a, a character
1: co- in himself.
0: Yeah, and he's the closest thing to you have as a, uh, um, like a rock star. He mm-hmm. looks like a rock star. He right
1: does, there. does funny, um, but he has that arrogance to make it. I know. I know that he's Is it like, arrogance or just a super confident? I think it's a bit of both. To be honest, mm-hmm. he's super confident as well. So is Ricky Gervais, really. Who, who do you like?
0: The comedian was in England.
1: Um, I really like.
0: Uh, I don't know if I would recognise him.
1: But yeah, I'm not sure. There's this guy called Simon Amstel. He hasn't. He's done a few things Sounds in. New a York. Dutch name. He's not. He's Jewish, actually. Oh. <coughs> um, he had a few gigs in New York that, uh, last year, at the end of last year, um, which is great. But I don't think his comedy will translate very well and before i go on stage actually or when i'm mm-hmm. creating my own routines i watch a lot of his stuff because i like to he talks about embarrassing things that have happened to himself and that's a theme that i like to talk about Sure. Uh, you know he doesn't hurt
0: anyone except for you
1: exactly and i like to sort of you know oh i did this dumb thing like sure. listen to it. and that's what he does too and i th- i think it's hilarious it's really really great and he is really charming um, and he had he made this series called grandma's house which, if you have the chance, like it's really... Is I that a TV show? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, on the BBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really, really hilarious. Um, but in terms, there's a new comedian. I mean, he might have been around a little bit longer, but um, he's new to me anyway, uh, Jack Whitehall. And, oh, don't know him uh, He's hilarious This
0: is no reflection No, no, no a lot of I think
1: about. he's he's just very new on the scene, mm. I think um, He's done a couple of series and stuff like that But in his stand-up, he's quite new, I think And I watched this uh, routine of his He he went to school with um, uh, the blonde one from the Twilight series uh, Edward who, Colin? Yeah, whoever played him That guy that played him uh, Robert Patton. that's the one he nice. went to school with him mm-hmm. and he does this set where he talks about son of oh oh come on I knew about AKB so it's fine um he does a set where he's saying oh you know it, at school I went to you know I was in class with him and you know he was so fabulous and he kind of he, he just he acts like a bitter jealous person sure. and it's sort of It it doesn't make uh, Robert Patterson look bad. It makes him look bad because he's so bitter and twisted and he can't get over the fact. And I think that's just hilarious. I actually... I mean, we're talking about um, comedians stealing other people's things. I actually took that as inspiration for uh, something that I did. Um, I studied dance at high school... And there was this girl who was amazing, and when we went to get, do our dance composition, she did this amazing dance about uh, an abusive relationship, and I did mine about clocks, and I was sort of like swinging my arms around like this. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, it was called, it was very much inspired by that. I mean I, I wouldn't I can't copy that sure. of course. Um, but he does inspire me quite a lot, and that sort of self-deprecating type of comedy is what I like. Um, I think that's quite it's quite charming I think
0: did, did your Japanese get good enough to watch Japanese comedy
1: mm, yeah I watch Manzai a lot but
0: do you like Downtown and Guru Guru 99 and uh, London Boots and all those guys
1: yeah no? I
0: by the way those are the dual comedy groups yeah
1: the, 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 the kind of pairs I, I I think
0: Downtown still is the biggest one isn't it
1: yeah I think so I didn't I understood all the words and I understood all the context and stuff but I just didn't understand why it was funny I didn't really get Right Unless um, oh,
0: it's a slapstick and they're hitting each
1: other Yeah, it's sort of like they would be giving a story and mm. then they would suddenly break into their signature catchphrase or their signature move like, you know, like or something like that yeah. or. um uh, Sorry,
0: that's so funny to see a white
1: person I used to know a lot of them, I used to watch them a lot because I wanted to understand why they were mm-hmm. funny um, and I just don't get it I just there was this one when I left there was this one guy and he would wear a schoolgirl's outfit he would like be really hairy and you could yeah. see like his ball sack like, hanging down below yeah. the skirt and you'd have know, like a beard and he would sort of like do this kind of also like almost like a get pose I guess yeah. um, and and make like a goo sound and I just I was like it's not funny I just I don't get why it's funny it's not
0: it's, it's interesting that a lot of those kind of physical, obvious humor like hitting mm. people,
1: yep.
0: whereas any kind of joke the question the Japanese society or how... Mm. I don't think people would do stuff like that. No, I, God, no. And I think that's, you know, people don't want to hear it, but I, I think that's the superiority of uh, English humor because you know, uh, like Jonathan Swift, he, he was a, just a horrible human being. I remember reading a book about him you know, they have a dinner, for those of you who don't know, Jonathan Swift wrote Gulliver's of Travel, but that book was actually about society and politics, he was making fun of different groups in British society, and um, he would have dinner, and he would have guests, and he would literally turn to a guest and say, I heard your wife is a whore, and Swift would used to talk to people like that, you know, and um, I couldn't imagine a Japanese person having conversation, much no. less than comedy like that, too, but... But because in an English language you're allowed to do that, you could, by humor and sarcasm, satire, you're trying to change people behaving badly, I think. Mm. I I do think there's a value to humor. The Greeks used comedy for that same effect. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Japan does that. I very much doubt it.
1: Not to my knowledge. I've never seen anything talk like that, about society or whatnot.
0: Um, Well, I think... um, we should be finishing this. Any, any, um, any um, what, what, what do you What do you want to do? In the, what do you think you're going to be the ten years down a row?
1: Oh gosh, that's a hard question. I don't know. Um, I I don't even know. I don't even know if I'd stay in England or something. I'm planning to get a house. It would be nice to buy to be able to buy a house in England, which is a hard thing to do. I I would like. To is be it successful. because you want
0: to have a stability in your life? That's why you're emphasizing the house part.
1: Um, No, I just want to, I have been blessed with two very high paying jobs um, and I'm 27 years old. And you're
0: leaving the job. Yeah. (laughs) you sure you don't want to find something then leave the job?
1: Uh, Well, no, no, I will. I will find something before I leave the job. I I wouldn't, you know, but I mean, you're paying rent and I'm buying things in a foreign country and I know that sometime down the line. Um, You know, I'm going to have to give up these things if I buy a very nice bed I can't take a bed home with me Um, and I'm paying rent that's basically throwing money away I'd rather pay into a mortgage and have something to say for myself before I'm 30 I want to say this is what I've built this is what I've done with my life Mm -hmm. I have experiences and I have um, stories that I can tell of all the things I, I do with my life but I don't have anything solid to fall back on yet
0: you don't want to go back to graduate school. I mean, i not go to graduate school or anything.
1: I was thinking about it actually. I was thinking of doing like a translation uh, master's or something like that, but I don't think it would help me. You, in the translation world, you can, uh, you know, as you can just be a freelancer and just work up the experience and use that. You don't necessarily need to have a master's.
0: Well, um, can you let everyone know the, the, the website that you run?
1: Sure. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of a lame name, I'm afraid. It's sherbetandsparkles.blogspot.com.
0: And uh, I will put it in a note when, you when know, I put your tweet, but that's yeah, the you. first part is name after your uh, cat, right? Yeah,
1: yeah in Japan, the, my name in Japanese is Sharoto, and, yeah. and Sherbet is shabeto so people would often mistake my name as Sherbet instead of Charlotte, so um. I named my cat, cat Sherbet just to play with people and to, you know, to, to make them confused, so Sherbet. And I thought, well, you know, have a kawaii name, so Sherbet sure. and Sparkles.
0: And what's your Twitter uh, handle, It's
1: Charlotte Stegs, So Charlotte and S T E double G Z.
0: And, um, um, oh man, <laughs> we've been doing it for a long time. That's why Wait, I'm it is,
1: has been a long time. It's gone so quick, hasn't it?
0: But, um, Charlotte, you know, th- thanks for doing it and uh, Thank you um, so. I, I appreciate you you know trusting me to come into your place and um, you know you, you don't know me but um, I really appreciate you sharing it and I also want to say that um, you're you're definitely onto something you know because um, um, you're doing stand up so you know how to perform in front of people you're writing an interesting blog Thank you. and uh, you you're not afraid to travel the world I think there's something there I, d- I do a book. And I could definitely see you touring and giving speech about something you're passionate about. You know.
1: That would be nice. Like you know, it would it would be nice to, if I just need to find that thing that I can sell, that story that I can sell or whatever first. It would be nice though.
0: I think it's something to do with cats and overseas. <laughs> I'm serious. I, really? I think, yeah, because I think didn't you tell me that? Uh, didn't we talk about the podcast? You went to Istanbul, Turkey and you took pictures of cats throughout mm-hmm. Istanbul and some yeah. very prominent writer in, in Turkey yeah. retweeted your She tweeted
1: about me and that yeah. was, I, I just noticed that usually, I don't know, usually I get about 200 people a day on the blog and I was getting 800, 900 people for a week and I was like, what, what's happening, or, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on? And I did a bit of research and it turned out that this, you know, the JK Rowling of Turkey had tweeted about me and that was really great. But it just shows that cats run the internet. They say that the internet is for porn. I think the internet is for cats.
0: Um, do you have a Facebook too?
1: I do, uh, not uh, not a public one, not like one for okay. people who follow me. Just a private one for friends.
0: I um. I, I I you don't mind if people contact you if they have question about Japan, sure. um, you know maybe working in Japan and what is it like to be a woman mm-hmm. traveling the world. Sure, I think I'm gonna re- you know I'm gonna put your Twitter um, address on it and I think people should ask you. Because. The thing that
1: I love most is is helping people out and mm-hmm. I have a lot of posts on my blog about working in Japan and being an expat and even you know if you want to work at Nintendo I have a blog post about that about how you can get into that kind of field. Um, but I do, I enjoy helping people because I know that I wouldn't have been able to get to where I am now without the help of some really amazing people. And because I'm so grateful, I want to give the same chance to other people too.
0: And I, I could I could sense it because um, when I interview uh, Shelly in Rome, she had a website and these things that, that she actually do it because she loves it and she doesn't mm. expect any sort of a monetary return and I look at yours and I could sense the same thing. I mean, you take Thank a lot you. of good pictures and uh, even you present Frankfurt in such a colorful way you know places to go food to eat and uh, I want
1: people to enjoy it a lot of people you know like American um, army people are stationed over here or people come to work at at Nintendo or one of the other massive companies here and they don't look forward to it they think that Frankfurt's like a dull place and it's Mm. sort of you know and it's cultureless and whatever and I want to show people that you can have an amazing quality of life here and that people don't need to worry about living here at all
0: Yeah, in fact, um, I don't know when I was here within last year, so I just happened to be here during some interesting time. They go by the river, by all those bridges, Mm -hmm. and all this firework. Oh yeah!
1: You
0: know, like I just walk around, like what is this? You know, and then they were. I I think German people are shy, but if you give them a chance, they're a wonderful group of people. Absolutely
1: amazing, yeah. And
0: Frankfurt, you just have to be more uh, creative and looking for interesting stuff to do because there are plenty of stuff. Exactly. um, just check out Charlotte's website and uh, ask her a question. But Charlotte, thanks for doing Thank it. Thank you very much. And uh, everyone, uh, um, please uh, check out her website. And um, even if I don't see you in Frankfurt again, I, I do travel England every once in I now. I would so. be more
1: than happy to meet up.
0: And if you guys have a suggestion for Charlotte, or a job, or a business <laughs> opportunity, you know she's very smart. So contact her <laughs> usually, You know, you, you just you never know. It, it take only that one person hearing something. Maybe an idea for you and I'm sure uh, if that, uh, so that'd be you great. We've done plenty of people favors, so you know, if you're if you guys have idea and you want to help Charlotte, help her because she'd be great. She deserves the help as well. All right everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks Charlotte. and Thank you. uh Talk to you guys soon. Bye.